it was really funny because I remember like when he first got elected, he was out doing like a photo walk in um I think it was Bushwick, Brooklyn, not far from me. And they were like at the subway station and two people out in the street were getting into a fist fight. <laughs> and so he's like he like stops and they're they're not stopping the fight. He's like we're going to show today like the power of the NYPD. He calls the cops to report it. It took them 23 minutes. To <laughs> the real question is where the fuck is Klaus Schwab? <laughs> Where's this guy been? I don't know. I haven't seen him since Ukraine got invaded. Yeah, I'm right? just saying. And also too, I've noticed a lot of the businesses took down their Ukraine flags this month. Oh, replaced yeah. them with some rainbow flags. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Homo so they took estas? It out. <laughs> that, was, that was Chipotle's <laughs> campaign. That was Chipotle's real campaign. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I might have seen that from your Twitter, that, that picture or whatever. Yes, I was like, BN, E2. Wasn't that... That one was old, though, right? Like, that was from years ago. I think it was from, yeah, a couple of years <laughs> ago. But then uh, Bud Light had a funny one, too. It was, let's get beer tonight, Queens, LGBTQ. Plus, yeah, and like they had a rainbow color bottle. I was like, "That's funny," but I, Bud Light doesn't strike me as a super gay beer. You know, I don't think any of these corporations are super they don't gay. Give a sh- anything? Oh, they, they they're don't super give a gay. Shit. Green. They don't that's give what a they're, shit. That's dude. what they're about. They yeah. like money. <laughs> well, that's what's so funny is now we're at a point where it's like it's become a meme. You know, like yes. everyone knows of this thing of like, oh, like Pride Month, big corporations just. But I'm like, they still do it. That's what's funny. It's like they still do it now at this point of everyone kind of pushing it off, like not taking it as serious. It's not that like, I, I think people just don't like when things get militant, you know? Yeah. So like pride was obviously like a very important thing because in this country and around around the world still, but in this country for a long time, people were very, very not accepting at all right, and, right. And, and, and all that. So the history is rooted in that. But in recent years, it's so all over the place where now you have like Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan changing their logo yeah, to Pride. It's, it's like, like, dude. It's like, bro, I worked at a bank. I remember when it was like Black History Month and shit, and they're sending out like all this stuff about how important it is. I'm looking <laughs> around at 250 fucking white dudes. I know that the last black guy they actually hired, they fired in two months, probably for no reason. Exactly. Like, but lecture me on Black History Month. But at least they released the new Top Gun movie. Because <laughs> that's perfect for Pride Month, right? <laughs> Me and my friend always argue about, like, what's uh, the gayest movie, Brokeback Mountain or Moonlight? I think it's Top Gun. Wait, Moonlight's with Cher, right? No, no, no. That um, was Barry Jenkins. It's about um, a young boy coming up in, like, Miami-Dade County as, a, as, a, as a queer kid. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Really good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. What, was I, it, what, what was a way it? to come out the gate, huh? <laughs> yes, what a way. Hey guys, don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And as always, we'd love to hear from you down in the comment section as well. To everyone who has been sharing the links to these episodes, that is a huge help. Let's keep that rolling. Would love to see some of these things get shared on social media pages. It's always great to text it to friends too. It's very personal. Word of mouth is the best thing we can get. So I really appreciate everyone who's helped out in that department.
Now, let's talk about my friends over at 8sleep. The 8sleep Pod Pro cover comes in queen or king sizes. It goes right on top of your current mattress, and it is wired directly into 8sleep's proprietary app where it measures your sleep stages throughout the night. And why is this important to you? Because it optimizes your sleep around you. And when you get your sleep optimized, you know what happens? I'll tell you what happens. You wake up with a ton of energy. I just woke up five minutes ago, and listen to me. This is incredible. It's all the 8sleep Pod Pro cover. So if you use the link in my description, along with the code TRENDIFIER at checkout, that's T R E N. D-I-F-I-E-R. Very, very important to use that code. You will get $150 off your own 8-Sleep Pod Pro cover today. Check out that link. Use that code. Get the product. You're going to love it. Coming out with smoke, but I didn't expect anything less. No, yeah, man. No, it was, it was cool getting connected with you, obviously, through our boy John Rondi, who Johnny drinks. By the way, he has, a, he has his own segment of my contact list on my phone. Really? Like, everyone on my phone is named, like, their actual name. But not people who Rondi introduces me to. Really, it's always like Rondi's yoke trainer dude, Rondi's <laughs> comedian guy, Rondi's Ponzi schemer, Rondi's witch doctor. Dude. So you're you're Rondi's comedian guy. Look at that! I'm the jester. That's it. You're the jester. Joey Jester and Johnny drinks. <laughs> Johnny right. drinks. Johnny drinks has some pool now. So yeah, good dude. place to be a jester. Dude, I told him I'm like you know talk to Dana for me. You know, <laughs> let, me get, let me get some uh, private lessons. BJJ. You know. Did you see the video that they put up? He and his we're talking about the Johnny Drinks page on YouTube and TikTok, by the way, in case that wasn't clear. But go check it out. Good page. But did you see the video he put up where his dad I forget what it was even about, but they're in the in the training room at the UFC headquarters uh-huh. and it's Dana and his dad just like talking about something. Maybe like I don't know, motivation. I think yeah, I think I think so. And you just see John like in the foreground, like <laughs> like Oh, whoops. What? Oh, do I? Do I? I'll leave. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah. Like, over and I'm like, dude, I was fu- I watched that like 10 times. I'm like, that's the most ADD moment I have ever seen on camera in my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse, dude. The camera's rolling. Yeah. So it's like, you're like, what do I do? That is that is a terrible situation to be in. You can't get caught on the stray, though. No, no. You got to stay you gotta, out. Got to stay quick. That's right. why I drank a Celsius before I came down here. A cel- what is it? You know Celsius? This is the this is the new movement, dude. You're gonna be the I, Celsius movement. Think, I'm googling it, dude. Okay. So it's um, it's a it's a caffeine beverage. You know, it's like an energy drink, but it's like jam packed with vitamins. It has like <laughs> 220 milligrams of caffeine per can. The average cup of coffee's got like 120. Looking at double, two I, for five at a Seven Eleven too. It's a good deal. I can see the lawsuits already, <laughs> dude. It's actually crazy though because, like, the last month. Everyone I know is drinking them. I see them everywhere now. And I'm like, are we about to embark into the new era of caffeine consumption? Because they're not they're not like your typical energy drink. They're way healthier than your typical energy drink. Way healthier. I mean, compared to like a Red Bull, I'd I'd bet my bottom dollar they might be. What was the other one? Five hour energy? Oh my god. That shit was definitely cancer. Death. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The death shot. Yeah. I had I had it maybe like once, to be honest, too. I never really like Some people swore by those. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I knew like editors, people who they would just be like, "Oh, dude, two five hour energies." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> you don't go into cardiac arrest at your desk? Because editing's stressful already." Yeah, you know it. Yeah, it's like I like to have some coffee when I'm editing, but mm-hmm. like a lot of times it's just there in case I need it. I end up dumping it. Like I don't even have it because if you get too jumpy, like if I guzzle one of these right like even when i'm on podcasts right. by the way a lot of times like i'll drink a little bit because i take small sips and then i'll be like oh shit i wasted the whole thing but like if you are guzzling it you know suddenly everything gets jittery and then when you're editing especially if you're like looking at all the different frames and angles and shit like you start jumping around on there too yeah. and then it's like it, it wastes time yeah it's you you get into like a mode of like an add where you're just yeah. all over the place even just happens to me with some stuff as simple as writing. If I like get too caffeined out, all of a sudden I'll be on YouTube mm. watching like Bohemian Grove. <laughs> How long have you been writing? It's like we'll talk about some of the other um, stuff we do. But well, I've been writing like fuck, like formally um, since I was like sixteen, seventeen. I'm twenty five now. Uh, screenwriting since I was eighteen. That that's like where my main shtick was. Like I love writing prose and fiction. Mm. Got really into poetry throughout college because I was taking all these poetry courses for school, and so I was like, "Oh wait, poetry's pretty dope. Poetry's pretty tight. It's not a, <laughs> it's not for the better uh, poetry term. Yeah, like it was it was dope. And mm. so I got into that heavy, and then just like writing like sketch and like. Stuff like that. I've been doing that my whole life. It's just the the newest thing has been like writing jokes. That's something that's been really new. It's still only like less than a year where I'm actually sitting down and like writing setup, punchline or whatever. You know, it's hard, man. Yeah, it is. It's really freaking hard. But as far as just general writing, for a long time, English was always one of my favorite subjects for sure because I like reading. You know, you me might too. not. You might yeah. look at me and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I do. I love to read. I what love do you to like read. reading? I love my favorite stuff is like the beats, the beatniks, you know, Jack Kerouac, William mm. S. Burroughs, Allen Ginsberg, that whole like era. I'm just so fascinated by because I'm unfamiliar. It was just an era when you can you can ride a train from New York to San Francisco. You can hop trains. You and your buddies could literally go and hop trains all the way to San Francisco. It's just like that in itself was a crazy experience. And then they just they live this bohemian lifestyle of just, you know, they were coming out of the the military, Jack Kerouac at least. So he was on the GI Bill. You know, he would make money. He would get money from the government. And then it was just a fucking all-out frenzy of writing. And, you know, with them, they were early experimenting with drugs. Like, you know, weed was only becoming a thing in, you know, that time or only being discovered. Benzedrine back then, that was like a big thing. His whole claim to fame was he wrote his book On the Road in like... I think it was like 18 days. He was just on a Benzedrine bender. He wrote it on one long scroll, which is like at the museum in Lowell, Massachusetts. And it's just incredible. And this is all like the 50s, 60s. Yep. It was incredible. And so I fell in love with his work because it's just like there's, it it goes with jazz. Jazz was big to them. And Mm. there's, there's a beat to their writing, the beatniks, you know. Very poetic of you. Very poetic, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day? I had the most Captain Obvious thought ever. Oh, those like, are the best. Why have I never realized this? Someone probably told me at some some teacher somewhere had to tell me this, and I just like wasn't fucking listening. But I was like, 
I'm, I'm very into lyrics and like how people write them and how they bring them to life. Like I'll go read something and be like, all right, well, let's see how they actually put it in the bars, right? Right. Like how it ended up coming out. What did they inflect? What didn't they? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, music is just poetry with a beat. Dude, exactly. It's That's not even just rap. I'm saying all, all music. music. All music. I mean, dude, you know, a guy like Bob Dylan is mm. Bob Dylan is highlighted in so many poetry communities. Even if you go on like your Instagram and you go through like poetry pages all over Instagram, he's everywhere because there were a lot of people who didn't even dive into his music as much. They would just read his lyrics. They read. They'd get a book, really? book of lyrics. Yeah, it's like a, and so that's a great example. I mean, even if you've listened to this new Kendrick Lamar album that just came out, yeah. like another great example. He's, he's amazing. He's one person I know. Like I, I appreciate because I know you like music a lot. You know, I've seen you like talk about Kanye, all this stuff. It's like all of it is a, is poetry. It's um, it's about the things that have been carried, right? Like, I feel like poetry is a lot about, like, what you've carried. Right. And so, right. like, Kendrick Lamar, this latest album, great example. This is a guy who's finally spilling all these things he's carried and have been hindering him in whatever ways. And yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what the end of that thought is, but it felt, <laughs> it felt good when I was saying it. It felt good. No, it's, it's like the creative, the creative curse sometimes, too, like when it's flushing out some of the negativity mm -hmm. you've had in your life yet you can make it beautiful yeah because people they they relate to it you know like i i don't know sometimes i i think about how we're wired as human beings to be so pro notice negativity yeah. over positivity yeah. right like you don't you don't have to hear negativity movements because everyone already is, is naturally there. You have to hear positivity movements because people aren't naturally there. And obviously it has to do with evolution and fucking survival and right. fight and flight. Well, yeah, and life suffering. Exactly. You know? But it's really amazing how the most beautiful art ever comes from that place normally. Not always. You know, I listen to Party in the USA. Right. right? <laughs> like right. There's some positive, but I'm saying like – a lot of it, even songs that have an upbeat to it, they come from like lost love or like something like that, you know? Dude, because adversity breeds greatness. Yes. And I think I I'm going to butcher the hell out of the quote, but like, you know, James Baldwin had a great quote. And I remember I saw it a few days ago. And it was just that like when you, when you think, when you're going through some really crazy shit or you're going through some really intense feelings, you know, and, and most of the time negative, you think that there might not have been people that ever experienced this mm. but then you listen to music you read books you watch movies and you get to connect with people that have been here you know recently or a very long time ago and they have all felt the way you feel and i think that's a really special thing and it's a thing i think i think a lot of people oftentimes overlook too right you oh know? totally yeah, they you don't. Can, you can read a book and you can be like, wow, this is what I'm feeling. So many people have felt before, and you get to see what do they do with it or how do they deal with it. And I, I think that's really special. I think sometimes, like, we internalize it where we don't get in touch with that, though. And we don't consider why this totally other life and experience that was written in this book, whether it was fiction or nonfiction, why we felt a connection to it. We just instead say, and with movies too and shows too, we just instead say, like, Oh, I really like that. Shit's fire. Yeah. Right? Shit's dope. But the people, you know, you, like you're a very creative person. I'm a creative person. I feel like we lean into the why. 
You know, of what's course. the what's what's the underlying motivate? Why am I watching this? Why am I reading this? Like, why does this really reach me? Why does this person who has nothing to do with me and a life that I can't even imagine? Why do I feel like there's a parallel to it? Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I and I I find it even more special when you really go back and you dig into the things that that aren't in the now. You know, because everyone, everyone want, everyone's listening to the new, you know, little baby. You know, <laughs> like it's it's interesting when you go back because there you think that there's no ways to relate because they grew up in this time that is just so different from ours now. The way we've progressed in just even the last twenty years, but then you go back and you're like, yeah, we might we might have robots that are delivering food in <laughs> Los Angeles on the sidewalk, but at the same time. The guy in the 1950s who lost a loved one, you you still have a lot in common with them, even if it was a completely different era in time than what we're used to now. You know what's going to be really interesting is how this all translates through video. Yeah. Right? So it's hard for us to relate on some levels to like Abraham Lincoln or something because they're not on video, right? Whereas – you can go now as early as like John Kennedy and you can hear him talk. Now he was very early, so the quality's low. Yeah. But once you get into like the seventies and eighties, we're now at this point where we're forty, fifty years into it, but we can relate to things visually and feel as well for sure these people did because there was content sharing for the first time yeah yeah you get to look them in their eyes yeah even if it's not like actually you know speaking you do get to see what is behind them and i think yeah that's awesome you know but it's going to be even crazier because people are going to have like they're going to be watching us in 8k not even just 4k 8k not even just that like think about it 200 years from now Oh, I mean, right? Like, look, look at how we think that. about the fucking Revolutionary War. Yeah, yeah. Those people are going to be able to watch us doing this. Like, yeah. oh fuck, wow, this... like, dude, wait, and they they weren't <laughs> hired by like a radio station or something. Yeah. No, no, this is just independent. I think that that's like the best part of it is the way you can do things so independently now. You know, yeah, that is just it's cool. It's, it's de- cool. It's definitely like. Even a guy like you, like coming up on on the comedy scene in New York City, that's a competitive place, right? Yeah, but yeah. You have your own platforms to be able to put out what you want. Too. Exactly. You know, there's not the middleman like there was even 15 years ago. Yeah. No, that's that's like the best part. I think it's cool because now everyone. I don't know if this devalues it now because there's so much, but everyone really has a chance to leave a legacy here, like. Like, and like really be able to do it. And I think that's something that a lot of people didn't get to do. And, and, you know, granted what's your, what, what is a legacy that's different for everyone. It could be just having a child that, you know, Mm -hmm. outlives you. And, but I think now it's like, if you, if you're making something or creating something, like you have a chance now, it's going to be here even when you're gone. Like, I think about that all the time. I say like, if I died in the next year, which, you know, I'll knock on wood. (laughs) But if I died like next year, I know that like I'm I'm gone, but I'm leaving behind so much, whether it's, you know, it's it's poetry, it's it's writing, it's, you know, sketches, it's short films. It's just like I know that no matter what, it's all there. And that's here. I was here. I was here. And don't forget it. (laughs) Yeah, I think 
I think you're on to something there. It's it's also the flip side of it is everyone thinks their legacy is on every tweet. You know, yeah. everyone everyone th- when when you say legacy, I love how you put it. Like it could be just like having a kid or something like that. But that's not how most people think. They're like, I want to be the greatest. I want to I yeah. want to be known. What do you want to be known for? I don't fucking know, but I just want to be known, man. <laughs> I want to be able to mint my tweet like Jack did and sell it for ten million dollars and then let it resell for a hundred and five. You know? Yeah, you're like the big NFT guy too. I forgot about that. Yeah, dude. I oh, man, dude. I went into I went into like a manic episode last year during the. Crypto uh, bubble. It was insane. I look back on it. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I, I was like calling my mother. I was like, I might, I might change industries. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm hyped on Chainlink. I might change industries. I applied. I applied for jobs at Chainlink. Oh, no. I'm gonna put it out there. Yeah. Oh no, the Link Mafia is that them? Link Marines, baby. Link Marines. That's it. Hua. No, but <laughs> yeah, dude. I was big into that. It was. It was, dude. It's you know. Christ, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it go dive into that hole. But it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's, it really is. It's like anything else. It'll, yeah. it'll wash away the people who are full of shit, which is 99.9 percent of people in the space. Yeah, I mean, dude, I got it. I got an NFT for sale. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been on the market for a year <laughs> with no an movement. NFT for sale. Yeah, me and my buddy. It's what? on, it's on Rarible. What? Oh, it's, it's not even on Open. It's not even on Open because Open wasn't the thing yet. I was early to the game. Oh, you were early. Yeah, Rarible was How where it was at. Well, you know, it's still for sale. Uh, we haven't had any, uh, <laughs> you know. What was it called? Um, it was it was a collaboration with my buddy. Th- um, think this is yours is the name. <sighs> I'm trying to think. I don't even remember the name. <laughs> yeah, look at you know. God forbid someone's like, I would love to buy it right now. Yeah, for you want people to remember you, but you can't remember the fucking name. Ah, uh, well, even... <laughs> I don't want them. To, I don't want them to remember me for NFTs. So uh, it's we, all right. We got it. Think this is yours. Is that okay, it? Okay. Yeah. Hey, That's I'm a his new page. Hey, I'm a New York-based artist, and I want to show the world my perspective on life. Yeah, this is my buddy Z. Incredibly Um, original. But, fuck. What was my thing? Was it just Deef? It might have just been Deef. Deef. Jeez, guys, I'm a fraud. You had low low characters. That's good. Yeah. Just Deef. If you, um... If you go... I could could get it for you. If you go on my Instagram... Oh no! But yeah, then we're just we're going down a, a rabbit hole here. Let's, let's go down go, the rabbit hole. Go to um, brand.deef. It was for when. Oh, yeah, oh it was yeah. a separate Instagram separate page. account. Yeah. All right, so type in brand.deef. Brand.deef. Did you feel so smart when you were doing this early, dude? You, you felt like me? a rocket. Oh my god, dude! Right? I was like, we were minting it. It costed like a hundred dollars to mint because of Ethereum <laughs> gas fees. We're like, this is worth it. This is a good investment. <laughs> There uh, it is, right there. The middle one? Yep. Dude. <laughs> Come on. Did you buy it? You're going to buy it? It's almost like I knew I wanted to tell jokes when I put this up. I don't even know if I want to put that on the screen. No, put I'll, it on the screen. I'll put it on the screen. Put it on the damn I'll screen. I'll put it on the fucking corner for people to see. What was the... Uh, what we was... sold out the t-shirts. <laughs> the t-shirts sold out. We sold 50 t-shirts of that, so I'll say that. It's simple. I'll give it you is. that. It's simple. It's fairly, it's a simple. It's um, simple-minded, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like sitting here talking like all these big, like, yeah, creating this, that, the other thing, and then you pull up the work. Mm. Yeah. I can, leave. I can leave. All right. No, it, it, was, no. it, was, it was a quick ride. I could beat the 5 p.m. traffic. <laughs> no, nah, that's good, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm impressed with... With your hustle, I guess. You're impressed that it got 65 likes, one that, of which yeah. is me. How much did you pay for those likes? 
Is that uh, all from Saudi? A couple ETH. Yeah. A couple okay. ETH, yeah. yeah. From Saudi. Yeah, it was from the Saudis. I do like I got I, linked up with them. Th- there is this thing though now, because like it is a good it's a good brand for you. I just want to say that this this right here is the example of yeah, ninety-nine point nine percent are bullshit. It's like, yeah, there it is, right there. The biggest threat to NFTs are NFTers. The biggest <laughs> threat to Bitcoin are Bitcoiners certain ones right yeah depends on who you are it's just kind of a thing but like even on a serious note looking at the tech bubble i've always used this example with anything i'm like the tech bubble had amazon it had apple and microsoft obviously yeah. apple had been around but like they were all there they all got hurt yeah but they were real right yep. now pets.com not so much <laughs> wasn't real exactly but there will be the things that shake out where it's like oh okay this is very legit but in the meantime, it's really good that there is a little bit of a reckoning going on in that marketplace. Oh, we needed right it, now. dude. We, we needed, needed it. So- who the hell? Who the hell wanted another Bitcoin convention or something oh, right God. now? It's like we we get it. <laughs> let's dial it back. All right. I believe in it just as much as the next yeah, guy, but yeah. let's dial it back. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but there, there's also like this is good for your brand too because you're a comedian, and this is like, oh, look at my work of art. Yeah, and I my and I fiction. Yeah, and that's exactly the and that's the exact sentiment I had when I posted. I didn't post that seriously. Wink, wink. What kind of drugs were you on when you made that? Just not no drugs. Just you know, life. just you. Just just pot, yeah. if you want to call pot a drug. Okay. You know, yeah. that's that's not much. Yeah, that's not much. It wasn't like some crazy trip where you thought this was like. Oh the my god, dude! Mona I Lisa. I I would have I would have I would have archived it by now. I would have archived it by now. It is messaging though, man. Like sometimes I feel like we're we really are living in the simulation where they're just testing. Like the aliens are like, let's see what they'll go for. Oh, next. dude. A thousand percent. Yeah. I'm supposed to wake up and go to work every day when a girl made $30,000 <laughs> in January selling her farts on the internet. That's real. Is that the same girl that sold her tit sweat? Yes. Oh, no. She 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 pivoted. The people were like, listen, I, I realized I've been having um, problems with my lungs since inhaling your <sighs> farts, so could we get tit sweat? You know? It's crazy. What's even crazier, dude, is like, You'll see something like that, right? She made 30K in the month of January. She was charging three grand for a jar, so she sold 10 jars. Antonio and Brown then, probably bought it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he bought it. And then there's like thousands of people who like will sleep on the streets tonight. It's like, <laughs> what a, what a, what a country we live in. Survival of the fittest? I yeah. Don't I, don't I give her credit. But what is, what is, that's the thing. Like, you know, I'll laugh at it, but like, can you hate on it? I guess. But, but like, isn't that insane? It's insane. We can't, like, you can't even find it in you to, like, hate on it because you're like, well, she still made 30000 It's like, yeah, but selling her farts in jars. She bre- she has packaging in, like, there's packaging. She puts little rose petals in the jars. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing, folks? Oh, God. And then you're sitting fucked. here telling me about how you're trying to build this great thing. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I'm trying to build it. And it's like, that's what she's doing and it's working. It's like, you know what, though? You don't have a nice set of knockers. I don't. You don't have those eyes that can just bring a man to his knees. Listen, I get on a cycle of test 250 with no post-cycle uh, therapy. I could get those knockers. Okay? <laughs> I can get some gyno going. It is easier to do now. <laughs> I got to say, like, it's still expensive as hell, but, like, 
people are they're making the shift. Yeah, they're doing it. It's great because I've noticed nowadays people are so much more open with it. I forgot the one guy on Instagram that just came up on Discovery and he's like, "Yeah, I'm starting my uh, cycle this week, <laughs> Anavar, uh TRT," and uh, and I'm like, "Dude, Jesus Christ!" This he's just like, and he has like twenty thousand likes, and people are like, "Fuck yeah!" It's uh, like, yeah, this is it now, man. That that's the shit. I'm not like I don't. I don't know what to think of that because there's a lot of like reinforcement. Like a lot of the people liking it are like, wow, I guess you're being yourself. Like, like, you know, that could be all it is. But at the same time, like society, so much stuff, you have to press. You talk about like leaving legacies. People want to leave their legacy in every TikTok video talking about their fucking pronouns. It's like, it's like, okay, you're going to have the opposite effect on people when you do this. Yeah. Right. Like there's a point where when you start telling everyone like, oh, you, this is perfectly normal and you should all do it and fucking seven-year-olds should change their gender. It's like, okay, scientifically, you're not really backed up by that. You know what right. I mean? It so, becomes a gimmick at exactly. a Because it's like every single waking moment of this, whatever it is, is is being expressed in that way. It's like, guys, when, when are you going to do the video about how you make your homemade avocado toast? You know? <laughs> Those were simpler times. Imagine Wasn't that. Wasn't it when avocado toast became a thing? That that was what we were celebrating or ripping. That was a good time. What was that like? That was like the two. That was like 2010. Well, that was like a good time, yeah. right? What was yeah. that? Eleven, twelve. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, well, yeah, there was that major attack. Oh yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. But isn't that's every year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's always it's always the new thing. It's just moving to the new thing. But yeah, you know, I I think about. I try to. I probably fail, but I try to think about things extrapolated five, ten years out. And like, okay, well, what are we doing? Where do we want to be mm-hmm. in like a good, civil, happily progressive society? And what are we doing now to get there? And so when I see the stuff like that, like, you know, there are people out there who are who are legitimately trans and stuff like that. It's like a boy who cried wolf scenario now because when everyone's coming out and talking about it and like suddenly there's the latest person popping up like, oh, I'm transitioning like out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you are you're putting a dent in what the people who actually oh for sure feel that for sure have been trying to like get acceptance for because now like okay well everyone's doing it fuck you like that's what people i i hear it in the sentiment of people and i'm like i understand why you feel that way right i mean i knew guys in college who were like yeah i'm bi and i'm like all right well have you banged a guy yet and they're like no and i'm like all right well are you bi then they're like i think so i'm like well i think you should try you know you were you were throwing a great term around before guzzle and coffee. I think you should go and guzzle a little bit and see if it's <laughs> if you're going to back this up, you know? Because if not, there's guys that there's people out there that are that, and you're just kind of discrediting all of that, exactly. just like you said. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we do, but it's just too easy because all people have to do is bup 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 send. Oh yeah. Now they're on the team. Oh yeah. That's the danger. Yeah. Well. People want to be on a team, right? They do. They That's, do. That just sounded like such a typical like Rogan type exchange. <laughs> like that, that, that two sentences. They go pop, 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 pop. Enter. Now they're on a team. Yeah, but people want to be on a team, right? Yeah, man. Totally. Totally. Have you read Tribe? <laughs> I had, Sebastian Unger was on a couple episodes ago. His book is wild, man. Uh, wild. It is a great book. Great book. It is yeah, a actually great a great book. book. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read that Same. book. He's, he, I like that guy. Yeah. He's a he's brilliant motherfucker. He's like... I don't know if he would describe it this way, so this is just my opinion, but I doubt he has awareness of this because he's just right in the experience and explaining it beautifully, but 
he represents to me a guy who values the utopian positives of socialism and libertarianism mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Now, we all know neither of those things can exist in their purest form. I mean, some people think they can, but, you know, like they don't make sense once you extrapolate it all the way. But he's like all about the value of the quote unquote tribe and the people around you and how humans are wired to help each other out mm -hmm. and then egalitarian type way mm -hmm. and then also the ability to step away get in touch with nature be be a part of a society but also not feel like you're defined by the society right and i'm like i'm reading that i'm like why isn't this guy running for office <laughs> i mean isn't that that's what it always comes back to right yeah. always it always comes back to that for me at least is like you like hero and you're like dude why do we never have anyone running for office that like sounds like one of these guys it's, yeah. it's like but it makes sense because who the like? Why would any of those guys want to get involved in politics? Why the fuck would you want to? Exactly. It's just all a bunch of bullshit. Who like I asked that question. Who wants to do this? Yeah, especially now. Maybe ten years ago is a different yeah. question. But and it now? makes sense. The kids who study poli sci, you know, you see, it's like, oh, I could say why, you know. I guess, it, but and that's like a really obvious one, but <laughs> also like just mentality. Yeah. Like, what do you have to be th like? You know what you're going to put yourself through, but you also know what the reinforcement of your team can get you. Right. You know, like, do I think that Get you a first class ticket on the Lolita Express, <laughs> baby. <laughs> going. Let's Little go St. James. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's, what's, the, what, what's the deal there? So they locked up all the – is it all the records – are now sealed anything that was After put out of her, her trial case? yeah yeah and they're also having a really hard time selling the island which you know go figure yeah, right go figure they're going to lower the price i think that might get a, a bid they should sell it well actually this would probably be bad because people run conspiracy theories but in an ideal world of no conspiracy theories the government should buy it and use it as a nuclear testing plot <laughs> and just but just like that that was an island <laughs> It was called like Atari Bottom or something. That's good. But that was an actual. They just said after World because we didn't give a fuck after World War Two. We're like, you know what? We're gonna take that island in the Pacific and we're gonna do a test there today. It's gone. You had me too because for a second I'm like, you're gonna be like, yeah, the government should buy it, sell it, <laughs> donate the money to like sex trafficking relief or something. No, we're gonna buy it and we're gonna nuke the living hell out of it because it's coming soon, folks. It should never ever be there. It's like that is a that's a on that's that whatever the opposite of sacred territory is. That's it's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It should be um yeah. I don't even want to take time to think about it. You're right. What do you think happened there? Who was he? I I think uh, I think exactly what we all think. I think he was a sick fuck who was right. doing some really crazy things there. And I just I just think it was the classic. It's the classic story that we all see in the movies and that we think like, oh, I wonder if that's real and it is. And it's just like these power, rich and powerful people that just can totally live above the law. And they have everybody in their pocket. And if they don't have someone in their pocket, they can get them in their pocket very easily, whether it's through the exploitation, the blackmail, the money, everything. And I just think, um, you know... There's a lot of people that are that were involved that we still look at every day on the television or our phones, and that's why we didn't really get the real answers. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's crazy to think anything of that sort, which is just nuts because no. <laughs> like if you like people will think that's 
conspiracy or whatever. I'm like, dude, it makes it's plenty not. of fucking sense. It's not. They've left it wide open. Yeah, it's there. For, you can see it. And that's what and that and that's what every, and that's what you're always supposed to do with something of that sort. You got to hide in plain sight. I mean, that's just like classic. That's textbook. Hide in plain sight. He might have been in too plain sight though. Like he mm. was nuts. He just all he needed to do was get you in a room. Someone's got a camera. He got you. Game set match. That's dude. it. Game set match. That's it. His his uh his property in Manhattan wasn't far from my college, so I yeah Seventy First Street. Right? I seen it. Yeah, I was telling my friend Danny Jones when I was on his podcast. When I go back up to New York, I literally want to go stand outside that house. Like I'm not a spiritual guy, like like that at all. But I want to. I, I I literally want to stand there and just be like, how fucked up is this energy right now? Dude, I, I, I couldn't agree more. There, Me and my buddy always say there's something about going somewhere, and we, we like to call it, we feel the ghosts. I like going yeah. somewhere, and I like feeling the ghosts. Everyone who's been here, all and it's it's strange. And yeah, you would think of all places, Jeffrey Epstein's house in New York City, but it's there's something to be said about going somewhere and, and feeling the energy and looking at it and just being like, damn. This the, the the person used to walk out of this door every morning to get a coffee on the corner was literally one of the most powerful and most crazy and twisted men in the world. It's not a stretch to say, especially for you, but it's mm-hmm. not a stretch to say at all. You passed him on the street, probably. You, you yeah, know, probably. It's like he was just walking among other people, and there's a lot of fucked up people who are less in plain sight, who you don't know what it is. But the crazy thing about New York is that. It's such a historical place in so many different directions of good and bad. <laughs> yeah. But when you walk around, as I love, it's one of my favorite things to do is walk through New York City. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking take cabs there. I don't take Ubers. I walk yeah. everywhere. Ask Mike Spear about that one. <laughs> but, uh, like, you'll be walking around and you will pass things where incredible historic shit happen. And you will pass things where awful historic shit happen. And you don't even know it. Yeah. Like, I think Michael Bloomberg... I think he'd like live next door to where Saddam's Iraqis used to like like his sons or whatever uh-huh. used to grab people illegally and go torture them in the basement and kill them. Yeah, you know, it's like right next to the mayor. Great, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, dude. Like that's a wild thing, but it's that's why New York is just it's a different beast because it's been the center of the world in so many ways. Oh yeah, and it, ugh, dude, the be- the beast that it is right now is insane. Is well, yeah. Let, let's let let's come back to Epstein later because yeah. I definitely want to talk about that. But like, what's you've been there the whole time? Yeah, right? through the pandemic, all that. Yeah, the whole thing. So yeah. what's the vibe these days? I mean, dude, it's just like it is nuts. It's it, it feels lawless. I mean that that's the word that me and my friends kept saying when lawless. we were out last Monday. We were shooting some stuff in the streets and like with an AK. Yeah, we, we were we were mowing, we were cleaning up the streets with an AK. I guess you could call it. But dude, just like we were in the Lower East Side, just shooting stuff, and we're like, we we had to shoot in one location for like an hour and a half. So like you know, the perfect example. You go anywhere in New York and you just sit on a corner for an hour, you can really see stuff happen. But like the amount of things we saw happen, there was a there was a guy riding on a city bike throwing rocks. Like he had a bag of like rocks and he threw he was throwing them up high in the air and they'd come hitting down on Jesus. pieces and we we're just like watching all this stuff and i'm like dude this city is hell this city is descending into hell it's how does it bad. look though you know it, it looks it looks good in some respect i mean you see the streets are full again people are back it's back for sure new york is back i mean the moment i saw diarrhea on the steps of the subway <laughs> coming up to work one morning i'm like 
New York is back, baby. So they don't, they're not taking the time to shit in the actual yeah. mop bucket anymore. But dude, even just like outside of like my job, I got threatened at knife point like four weeks ago for money. Really? And all I could say to the guy was like, chill out, dude. I, I was so like taken aback and nervous. And then I walked to like a traffic cop, Rajneesh, or it was something of that sort. And he was like, <laughs> he had my back. But then- a wait, week- wait, 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 hold on. You just walked away from the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the traffic cop wasn't far and he was just like- I don't So the guy, hold on. Let's let's go back to the scene. Guy's got I'll, a knife I'll in your face. I'll walk you through it. I'll walk you How through it. How close is he? I'm on lunch, okay? Oh, and no, I'm, this is broad daylight. I'm on, this is broad daylight. This is, another, this is another thing that, well, this is 34th and 7th, which I say Madison Square Garden to Port Authority should be that nuclear test site that you just <laughs> They need, <laughs> it needs to be condemned. It is, it is a cesspool of just terror and garbage and hell and crack and feces. Oh my God. But I'm the um I go to a TD bank on lunch because I want to get cash out. I'm like I just want to get like two dollar slices. You know I don't need to, I don't want to go spend a bunch on lunch today. I'm like let me just get a dollar slice. And I see him watching me outside of the TD, and I'm like I knew, <laughs> I knew I saw him, and I'm like fuck. All right, well you know we've been here before, and so I walk out. He's like hey man, can I have some money for food? And I'm like no, I don't have any cash. After you just watch you, yeah, get cash. I, you know nice. I I stuck to my guns. And we're, I'm walking, and I hear him behind me just like, fucking, fucking, I'm fucking done with this shit. I'm done with this shit. I'm like, well, that's usually not a good sign, <laughs> you know? And he comes up to me. He, like, shoves me a bit, and he's like, yo. Oh, he shoved from behind? Sho- like, from, he, like, came up on the side. So he, like, shoved me from, like, here. And he's like, yo, like, I'm, he's like, I'm not playing anymore. I don't give a fuck about the police, nothing. Give me money, or I'm going to fucking stab you right now. And Did he pulls, pulls from pocket, and I'm like... I was taken ab- I was so taken aback that I was in like a state of zen. I like look at him and I'm just like chill out, dude. And, Good for you. And dude, the yeah. best part is I start w- speed walking at this cop. He's clearly Oh, you didn't even run. No. I like spe- I like speed walk. And so he- he's just following you with the little fucking No, knife. he like he's like kind of standing there now. He's like standing and looking like Oh, he was bluffing. And oh, he was definitely he bluffing. Was bluffing. And he saw me going at the cop. Yeah. I should dude, in, in a perfect world I say chill out, dude. I should have been gutted. You know? For guys, if he's really sticking to his guns and he's like, I'm going to stab you for this money and I just say chill out, I should have been stabbed 30 times in the abdomen. But then what's crazy is that happens a week later, stabbing right outside my office. Tape, That's the thing. Tape and everything. And then less than a week later. Did they die? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> didn't, didn't there was just check. trails of blood. No, I didn't get to see it. I came down I'm, I'm on lunch. I'm darkly laughing, by the way. Oh, it's going to get better. Okay. And then less than a week later, like five days later, I saw the... I've never seen a crime scene in my life so crazy, but like across the street. This is the, this is all in the same area, across the street. We're still by Madison Square Garden. Yeah. They have all of... And I and I'm on th- I was on 36. I said 34th and 7th. I was, that was 36th and 7th before. There's usually a million cops there, though. I mean, you said the one was eh, close. Not really. You know, wow, there's, so there's they less. hang out. They, they're on their phones. You know, a lot of them are traffic cops, which they're not actually cops. That's mall security. Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg and, yeah. and the other guy. That's Kevin James and Paul Blart mall right. cop. Yeah, and, step down. But the other day, they had all of 37th Street between 7th and 8th Ave. The whole entire street shut down. Uh, the evidence cone that I saw on the corner next to a pile of blood, that was number 34. 
So that was just the one I could see. You look at the block, there was cones everywhere. What happened? 6.45 a.m., two you know, crackheads get into it, and they get into a fight, and they both stabbed each other to death. Dead. Oh, fuck. On 37th. It was crack on crack crime. Crack on crack crime. Crack, crack on crack crime. It's like a tongue twist almost. And dude, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, dude, this has only happened in two weeks in this one little area. We're going, this city is going to hell. It's not good. It's not good. And I only, I think that it's only going to make way for like another like Giuliani type mayor to come in the future. I don't know. That might, it might be a stretch, but like. I don't think so. This is Things, the things have things not work. been good. It's not been good. We can then, never get a middle grounder, man. No. It's always, it goes from Giuliani to, well, eventually de Blasio, right? Like, that's how society seems to, or f- stop and frisk Bloomberg to de Blasio. Right. And, and de, Bla- right. de Blasio, you might as well have had an, um, a mango sitting at the, just, uh, at the desk, just did, a, a piece of fruit. Did you watch his videos, like, during the pandemic? Yeah, the like hamburgers, the, <laughs> the hamburgers if you get vaccinated. Oh, that's so good. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Bro. And then Adams, like everyone was like, oh, maybe this will work. But no, it didn't. You know, it's not yeah, what's working. The, what's the deal there? I kind of liked him. I liked him too. And I thought it was really funny because I remember like when he first got elected, he was out doing like a photo walk. And um, I think it was Bushwick, Brooklyn, not far from me. And they were like at the subway station and two people out in the street were getting into a fist fight. <laughs> and so he's like, he like stops and they're, they're not stopping the fight. He's like. We're going to show today, like, the power of the NYPD. He calls the cops to report it. It took them 23 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, dude, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. I am of the belief, though, that these days the mayor of New York calls zero shots. I really, like, I don't... I don't think de Blasio is even smart enough to call a shot and not to give him any credit whatsoever, but... I'm like, they're telling them what to do. Someone's telling them what to do. What's been cracking me up is there's like a slew of videos on like Instagram of like people just running into them at like a bagel shop and they're like, go fuck yourself, bro. You (laughs) fucking suck. You ruin this fucking city, you cocksucking motherfucker. And he's like, have a good day. Have a good day. And they're like, go fuck yourself. He's running for rep now. I know. I know. know. I mean, I, listen, I say all of this, but, like, I love New York City. I love it there. I do, you know? too, man. I miss it so much. All this filth. I feel like, like, I'm like Charlie, and it's always sunny. Like, I like I love the trash, you know? Yeah, you live in the, like I you were talking it. about with the authors. You live yeah. in, in the misery of Yeah, it. yeah. I honestly, dude, like, I love being home in the burbs, but I can only stay for so long until I'm like, I need a little chaos. I'm, and I, damn, and, I'm so and I'm not and I'm not some nut. I don't want to be in the knife fight, but I do want to watch from a block <laughs> away across the street. Yeah, I want to. You know, <laughs> well, you got a little close last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's some, like how many of those do you think you get? Five before they finally pull the trigger. Well, I stay strapped now, dude. So oh, you're strapped. They want to. They want to try me. Your boy's gonna get them. What are you strapped with? I'm strapped. I got a little blade of sorts. Well, what, what kind of? I'm blade? not going to incriminate myself because it might not be up to standards with New York City law. Well, what are the New York City law standards? It's um, it, your blade can't have a locking mechanism. A what? They already got me on that. A, a locking. What does that even mean? Like you know, like if you like open the blade and it locks, and then you have to like push the. Th- Great. So carry around a machete. Problem solved. Well, the blade, <laughs> the blade better be four inches or shorter because that machete would not be within ordinance either. All I'm saying is, like, they took down those planes with box cutters. Damage can be done. Oh, for sure, dude. Damage I mean, can be it done. just, listen, it comes down to, like, if you're in a life or death situation. The only thing that sucks, man, is, like, God forbid that did ever happen. 
I'm still going to jail. I'm still probably going to go to prison somehow. I don't know if that would get dismissed. It's a it's a tough sell, which it, makes yeah. that that's a part that makes me hate the city. Because then on the way down here, I pull into town and it says you're now in God's country. Don't, dri- <laughs> oh, no. don't drive through it like it's hell. And I'm like, these are the signs we need in our, in our city, baby. You know, uh, dude. There's like, because like. I always say to people, if you look at the map of New Jersey, you ever seen the one where they rewrite all the segments? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you're from New no, Jersey. I've never seen it. You've never seen this. Oh, are, are you saying like they label? Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Like they'll be like, they'll like take one town in the South and be like pork roll. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, what an idiot that guy is. Yeah, where's right, I know what you meant. Here we go. All right, I got it pulled up. It's really small text, so I'm going to read it. I'll, I'll put it up on the screen there and hopefully we can see it. Maybe you can read it better. But I always explain to people, you see where, what's the blue one say right there? Zoom in on Chrome a little, like a, like a little bit. Can, how can I, this with a, com, a command plus. Or Google lens. Yeah, yeah, uh, there we go. That's exactly what we need. Oh, fuck, we don't oh, want that. Are you kidding me? What's going on here? Is it because of Google lens? Wait, wait, we're going we're gonna to refresh this page. Yeah. I swear I've done this before. We're going to get it. We got, we got it. All right, here we go. Folks, blue chew. All right, so on the blue part. What? Oh, what do they do? What are they That's doing? What... Hold on. You got to open up the actual page. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. What yeah. It go is. to the link. We're going to go to the link. Now we're going to zoom. Here we go. All right. I already saw what it is. The blue area. Yeah. Farms and army bases. Yeah, which actually, I I forgot that's right there. They they separate that and they put like the bottom hook of that. That's not right at all. Like that's not even slightly Do you th- right It falls in more into happy white families. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's basically like the heart of South Jersey outside philadelphia is happy white families besides worse than detroit yeah by camden (laughs) (laughs) but right here where we are from center city philly i do it in like 24 minutes right Mm -hmm. but we are on the top tip like the literal the tip is in almost pretty much alabama of pretty much alabama wow so when people come here i'm like now if you drive 90 seconds that way you're in civilization again but this one stretch of road you got a, a sign that's probably been there for 40 years it said welcome to god's country then you got dude there's another one this is my favorite one there's a house that has like a giant I don't even know. It's not even a banner. It's like it's like a lo- it's literally a log cabin, uh-huh. and the whole front lawn is just Trump won. <laughs> oh, those are great, dude. Those are great. Stop right. the count! Oh, oh no! Stop the we count. got one. Oh boy! <laughs> no, dude, that's hilarious. But I will say though, like driving down, like it's like it, it's nice. Like it really like it's nice to just drive and just see some land. Listen to some Bruce Springsteen. I'm definitely, I'm going to be pulling over on the ride home just and just sitting like for 10 minutes and just getting some of that. Yeah. On the Jersey Turnpike. No, not even like on the roads near your house, like these back roads. I'm going to just pull over and just look at the the field. You bring some sativa down with you? A little sativa. Yeah. A little sativa. And then, um, that was good. You're oh, good. We can you get, got oh. a good. You got a good Sebastian. My father, my father only smokes a tea. Like you don't smoke any indica. What the hell is going on? Yeah. That's good. I'm impressed. But yeah, man, I'm gonna do that because it's nice. You know, every it's like it's obviously it's the thing that everyone says when you're out of place. Oh, I I, I need to get out of the city for a weekend. Soon. <laughs> I really need to get out soon. I've been saying that. And then they're at Mr. Purple, like, go, 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 go. You know? But it is true. I'm like, man, it's nice. It's nice. 
it's it's definitely I'm a city guy for sure. So I get a little sick of it. Right. I so can't you're, wait you're to be here for there. a long time. So you're right. like longer times. So you're like I, 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 I gotta get out. You but know? I also don't leave the studio like in this current time period. Well, yeah, because you're fucking grinding. Yeah. Dude. So fucking it's grinding. like I. But sometimes like I'll go to the food store and I'll look around and I'm like, I'm glad these people are all happy. Like I'm I'm so happy for you. But I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? Right? How the fuck do you live here and like just do this? Story like, of my motherfucking life, my friend. Holy shit, man. I'm working a job I'm working a job right now for the t- So because of all the the Scotland stuff that we're going to we'll get into later, but because right, of all right, because yeah. of all of that freelancing had slowed down with film and TV and all that. And I was like, you know what? I need to get something more full-time, more steady, so I could really put some cheddar away for that big trip. And and also the expenses that came along with the theater, the pro, right, all right, that right. stuff. And so I'm working this job right now, a nine-to-five, eight-to-five job. And I say, I sit in it every day, and I look at everybody, and the topic of conversation is, it's almost five. A couple more hours, boys. A couple more hours, boys. And then at five, it's, we did it, boys. We did it. And then the things that get looked forward to is happy hour on Fridays, mm. going out on the weekends. And like, I just sit there, dude. And it's like, you hate to sound pretentious, but I'm like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? There's got to be, there's got to be way more than this, you know? Listen, I, I think. And the, I don't hate because if yeah. that, if that makes you happy right dude do it the fuck up right it's just not for me there's a lot of people though who claim it makes them happy and, and it in reality exactly. they're living for that friday at five and when it's done they're like i can't believe i gotta do it over yeah it, you know when it happens it happens when they get home at like twelve thirty that night and yep. they have that 20 minutes before they fall asleep when it's just them and their thoughts and they're drunk or whatever and it's just like do i even like my wife anymore yeah probably not she probably doesn't like me either this job sucks exactly I get another day of this, and then I'm back there Monday. I mean, I'm even doing – I'm doing that now. I'm, like, sitting here with you today. I'm like, all right, we're going to crush this today. Have a great time. (laughs) Drive back up, you know, to North Jersey. Go back to the city. Then I'm like, fuck, I got to go do that bullshit tomorrow. The only difference is I get to look at it as, like, all right, four more weeks of this, and then I'm performing every day. Yeah, you're, Scotland you're, for, you're fun in your you next have, life here. Yeah, you have, I have that, that thing, that yeah. light at the end of the tunnel where it's like these other people are just caught on this fer- this wheel, this gerbil wheel. That's what it is. It's a hamster wheel, Hamster man. wheel, yeah. It's fucking, you know, like I always thought like if I had gone into acting or something, mm-hmm. I actually would have liked pieces of doing the waiting tables thing and stuff because it's a part of the – you're funding what – you're working a job yeah. where it's cash – part-time and it pays high because you don't tell the government about it and you're funding your dream you're funding what you're doing like that is a rush but if i were just going there and i were just like another day waiting tables and that's that's what it is it's sad that's how i feel about it for me me, it is for me at least and maybe to other people yeah it's not so i respect like i don't i've only ever lived in my brain you know what i mean like yeah. so, I, I'm respectful of it, but I do know because I talk to people too, and they'll they'll tell me that. Like I do know so many people who are like, I can't believe I'm just a cog on the wheel, just doing this over and over and Corporate over again. Corporate chill, and I'm, and I just want to say to them, but I don't like I'm not an advice guy. I fucking I mean I'm an idiot, so you shouldn't listen to me. But like, same, but like I want to be like, listen, you can find a way. 
like just there you have resources dude it's just they just don't want to deal people just don't want to deal with the discomfort you know like like just like that's what it comes down to but like to your point it's like you find some greatness in those moments of having to go wait tables because this is what you're doing but it all goes back to adversity breeds greatness Yep. This is gonna. George Clooney didn't stop waiting tables until he was fucking like forty one or forty two years old, dude. And then it worked. How did they miss that, man? He is a good looking dude. But that's why it worked out the way it did. I guess they it missed. Did. They missed him for a long time. But whoa, when they found him, I Danny mean, dude, fucking ocean baby. Look at him now. Look yeah. at him now. And he's still a handsome motherfucker. It's like some people are just gifted with that, man. Yeah, God bless. Like he gets better looking as he gets older. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need some celebrity ship to help me out you know get <laughs> I know some, a few guys get some veneers in my teeth you know get yeah. the get the you know celebrity dermatologist guys dude i, I get on some trt from the I, doctors. Feel, I feel like such a basic bitch i technically started what i had because like i gotta look at myself on camera right right I, i'm already ugly so i'm like we're already working with nothing here <laughs> and i had a i started to notice because the lighting i got it a little brighter in here and then i've just had hairs that grow like right here so and you're just like you're I, right. I'm like oh no, <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> so I do you fucking, get it waxed? Oh or no no no! I I did better. I called up my cousin Kim's place, right? And cousin I'm like, Kim, I'm like, listen, whatever you do with those laser beam shits, <laughs> I need it on my face. <laughs> She's like, got you, got you. So I went to Ageless Skin and Beauty out there in Washington Township. Shout out. We're gonna send Shout Jim Diorio there too to get his. He still shaves his head every day. <laughs> I'm like. It's commitment, dude. We're we're gonna laser the fuck out. Yeah, of you. get it done. Right. Laser it. But they they take it out, you know. So yeah, like now, yeah. Now I'm I'm back to like a soft five. You Good. Know? I yeah. went I went down to a four. We saw the depths, and now we're back to a five. There so. is it. There adversity breeds greatness. <laughs> all right. And you're the, gonna end the discount from Kim for the family. When deal. you're finally a ten, you're gonna look back on the days of being a hard four or a soft five. You're gonna be like, wow, look how far I've come. I'm a six now. Yeah, I'm a six. Fuck. Six and a half, and I'm with a 10 because my net worth is you know, <laughs> quintupled since 2019. So, you know. You want to talk about happiness, though? Some of the people I used to see come come into contact with at my old job when I'd see the typical 55-year-old with the 25-year-old chick, I'm like, there's no way that Gucci is worth all that, honey. I know, no. I know you don't love no. your life. I know you just take funny Instagrams and tell people it's great, but you don't love it. Listen, I'm not a gay man, all right? <laughs> but I could tell you this much. I can't imagine those old saggy balls hitting up against oh, the yeah. backside being worth the Gucci purse. <laughs> take a breath. But seriously... <laughs> I can't imagine I, I, it. Gucci's nice. I think coffee just went through my nose. <laughs> Guzzler. Guzzler. <laughs> How does that conversation happen, by the way? You just have friends come up to you like, yo, I think I'm bi, bro, in college? <laughs> well, dude, uh, the college I went to, I was one of 35 straight men. <laughs> okay. Be honest. I went to a really progressive college. Where'd like, you go? Uh, Marymount Manhattan College. Oh, yeah, Very small like a, school, like eighteen hundred people. Yeah, it's like a literary. I met I met a mutual friend there, Jordan. Jordan Belfort? No, Jordan Coop. <laughs> oh, Jordan Rock Coupe? Yeah, Coupe. Yeah, she went there. She went there her freshman year. I was friends with her, and then she transferred because you know she was smart. 
She was like, yeah. I'm, I can't. She lie. went to Rowan. She went to Houston. You want to know what the Rowan. problem was with me is I went to Monmouth my freshman year and I'm like, I got to get into the city and start chasing the film stuff. And so then I went there for film school. Oh, you did it backwards. But then I was there and I'm like, listen, am I going to transfer again? Am I going to go through all that? And I'm like, no, not really. It's a lot. I was already in New York. The most important thing was being in New York. Yes. I don't regret it. Yeah. I, I never regret it because I made so many great connections and met so many great people. But, you know, it's it's a, it's a nice little running joke I get to have with myself of my school was, was a hell of a place. Hell of a hell place. Hell of a place. Little, little, you stood out there. Yeah. It's always good. But, you know, I'm, I'm also the kind of guy that, like, in all seriousness, like, I don't give a shit about any of that. Of course. Like, I, there were people I knew who were like, dude, I don't know how you do it. How do you, <laughs> how do you even sit in the classroom and fix your ears? And I'm like, dude, it's like, I don't care. Who gives a fuck, dude? More people need to be like that, Yeah, man. The, de- the day I let that dictate my mood is the day you could put the bullet in the back of my people head. Like, gets, come on. People get so bothered by it. And then, like I was saying earlier with some different stuff, like, it's just reinforced by social media right i get it you know we have an, one we, side exact one dude, side or the other like both extremes we have such yeah. an interesting audience of listeners here from across the political spectrum uh-huh. and then you know there's even some who are strong left wing and some who are strong right wing and i'll i'll get some of the some of the dms from them like sending me posts and stuff and i'm just like hmm this is why you don't want your whole feed to look like this because even if even if they make a good point sometimes i'm like this just it ups the discourse, right? There's yeah. only so much I can do to speak in the third person. Yeah. Julian Dory is a podcaster, right? Like yeah. I'm not here to change the world. Right. I control what I can control. I will talk about issues. Guests will yeah. come on here and talk about issues. As you that, should. Right. But it's not like I'm not going to sit here and be like, we're going to war. Like everybody yeah. now to me, like we haven't had a war where it's a draft in fucking 50 years. And so all these people, they've been growing up in the golden age of comfort and everything. And people talk like they want a war because men need war. Right. Yeah. And so they turn their war into their social feed of like fucking Ben Shapiro talking to the pod save America guys. It's like, dude, right. right. Relax. It's just like, dude, it drives you into a, a frenzy. You know, it will drive you into a frenzy. My feed nowadays, it's prairie dogs and sea otters, and <laughs> life has not been better since that. I might get a prairie dog soon. It's, well, your Twitter feed's definitely not. Your Twitter feed's funny. My Twitter funny. feed is great. Your Twitter feed's funny as fuck. You know what? If you are looking to search the web privately and not have all these websites track you when you leave, check out my friends over at Privato VPN. Privato is the VPN company that gives you full privacy while losing you no speed. And it allows you to use the product on up to 10 different devices at one time. We love that. So if you use the link in my description, you will go to my landing page with the company, and you'll see a plan there for $4.99 a month. It's the same one I use. Check it out. You're going to love it. People always talk about how you got to put in work on building a following on Twitter. I say you got to put in work on creating the perfect feed, you know? Yes, I agree. Like... You know, something like a Jinx. You got to have some Jinx in there. I don't know if you're big on Jinx. You would love him. Jinx. You you would absolutely love Jinx. At Jinx? Crack Connoisseur. That's at his crack at. Crack Connoisseur. He, he is, wasn't one of the two. That, you just would love him because like. Was he? No, 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 no. He, he, he outlived that battle. Okay. You would love this guy because his content is hysterical, but. It's it's so based in reality because it talks about like some of these real ass conspiracies, and I, I'm not talking like the crazy. I'm talking just like stuff like, you know, the meth use in in Nazi Germany within the Nazi Party, oh, Hitler, yeah. and he makes all these about history, but the videos are hysterical. They're- Is this it? No, no. Yeah, I was gonna say that's definitely not it. 
How do you spell it? He Crack? must. I guess he must spell it in like a strange way. Con- Is that it? Yeah. Conosier. That's probably how it's spelled. Jinx. Oh, I've seen you like this guy's posts. Yeah. And he just makes. He ma- he makes some of the funniest, funniest content. It Dude, literally kills me. Some of the videos people put on Twitter, I just start fucking crying. Like, there the level of creativity that people have to like respond to shit is unbelievable. Oh, dude! But it's also like it makes things worse. I mean, I'm a hypocrite <laughs> for liking it because like people, that's what people respond to. They respond to a quick bit of like thirty seconds of comedy that turns like the war in Ukraine into a meme. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck, man. yeah, yeah, god damn, it. literally, dude. And then like there's like people dying, like when you literally, actually, <laughs> you know. But you know. That's a whole other thing. Like how desensitized we are to everything. I know yes. I, I have such a dark sense of humor that like it really it does bother some. It has bothered people. I think about like I'm like, dude, if I actually spoke up sometimes at my school about like some of the dark things I found funny, I would have probably caught a lot of flack. Oh yeah, you'd you know, be, you'd be dead in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, literally. But instead, but you know, you leaned into it. Yourself. Nah, I, I didn't pander too hard. I pan, I might have pandered a little bit. No, but you but lean it, you lean into it on your own. Yeah. Oh yeah, on yeah. my own damn time behind closed doors. <laughs> well, I mean, just I, go in my room and start yelling slurs and stuff. Listen, no, I I'm think just, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let that one pass, but you fuck. didn't laugh at it, and I'm like, no, wait, that was a joke, guys. Yeah. I don't do that. I was like, are we gonna? All right, that was funny. We'll go with it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm del- the the lights take a second to go upstairs on my decision of laughing. Yeah, it is true. I do think right. about it's it. It's a story of my life. I'm like, are we there? Okay. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, we're it's there. a go. The applause sign's on. Let's and go. And then everyone's going through your filing cabinet in your brain like in that episode of yes. SpongeBob. Yes. Wow, what a show. Great that show's show. still funny. Yeah, I've been watching it a bit recently. It's, I haven't watched it in a long time, but like, it's still, I'm like, I, as an adult, I can laugh at that. Oh, for sure. Dude, Patrick Starr, fucking one of the best. Something else. Did Funny you, motherfucker. Did you ever see the gif of, I call it Jif or gif, either yeah, one. Yeah, Jif. I'm a Jif guy, too. Whatever. I'm, I'm both. But you ever seen the one of Iron Man where Robert Downey Jr. is at the press conference and he says, I am I am the Iron Man or whatever. And it flips to the crowd of all the people taking pictures and there's just Patrick Starr like this. Yeah. 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 Those are great, dude. That that was its own phase for like two months. Sorry, he was in everything. Uh, something else, man. What a what a fucking. It's crazy joke. that some of this stuff's still free. You know, I say it all the time. The I'll be like, free? how is Twitter still free? Yeah, and like you see, you see. Granted, the... they have like super follows and stuff now, so I guess it's not. Yeah, what fully is that? Free. What does they even? Mean? I don't know. I saw I that. Know. I'm like, I'm not clicking that. Isn't it crazy the way just like everything? It always comes back. It's always going to just be about ads or like some sort of revenue. It's a business, man. He wants to make money. You know? <laughs> they don't want you tweeting with your Twitter fingers. What do, what, what do you think of Elon with this, though? It's such a... Dude, it's so funny because I've talked to people where like, I ask them that question and I expect them to be like awesome. And they're like, I think it's terrible. And I'm like, wow, mm. really? Where I stand, I mean, I'm into it. I'm into it. I think there's definitely going to be some cons. I think the way... The way he's able to make a tide turn with the snap of a finger, yeah. is, you know, that's something you do have to keep in mind. Even if you support the guy, because it's like, sure, you might support now, but what happens in 10 years or if he's influenced by this or that? But overall, I mean, I think I think it'll be good. 
I mean, for like where where it is now, the way free speech can get censored, you know, I don't know. I try not to be one of those people that puts so much energy into thinking about it, you know, even or coming on and just be like, we need to, you know, but I do yeah. believe, I, but I do yeah. believe in free speech. So if that's going to help it, let's do it. Well, that's the difference too. Like there's the people who get self-righteous about everything in one direction or another, but like it's an important conversation, like just to, just to philosophize on it. My whole thing is like. You know, I, I think Matt Kemenash, who's been on this podcast, asked me about it like the day after. And I, on the spot, like this was my response. And I, to this day, I, I think it was how I feel. I'm like, normally, in a normal world, if you told me that the on paper richest man in the world, we know Saudi Arabia has some richer people, but mm-hmm. on paper, the richest man in the world bought a preeminent platform pillar of what is the public square, whether it was meant to be that way or not, it is. Mm-hmm. I'd be horrified. Right. And so in right. theory, I am horrified. Right. Then again, Jeff Bezos owns a newspaper. Carlos Slim. Is it Carlos Slim owns the New York Times? Like, whatever it is. Like, all these people, Mark Zuckerberg controls technically. Right. You know, it's a public company, Facebook and Instagram right. and stuff. So, like, I guess, like, a bunch of wrongs can make a right, maybe, but not really. Like, we know that's not how it works over time. So I would be horrified. Instead, our world is so fucked up right now. Where you have to end up defending people you don't want to defend strictly for the for the problems of human nature where slippery slopes lead things to happen that you don't intend when you yeah. do things like take away speech. That we are now at a point where it's like, well, I'm fucking glad a guy's taking it private. But I'm glad that you also say like, all right, you know, we're going to have to see what it is because as I've said before, I'm a fan of people. Mm-hmm. I'm a hype man of people. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I try not to be a fanboy of people. Yeah, because when you do that, you have no ability to recognize right and wrong of what they do. Yep. So Elon's on the wall. Obviously, I admire the guy. I admire what he's done. He's here smoking a fucking joint. Yeah, right I see there. him. You know what that. I mean? So I, I I like that a lot. But like, he's now said some things. I'm gonna hold him to it. Right. You know, like that. Like, and and if that means like he starts like. By the way, the other day. Maybe this was a couple weeks ago. I don't know. It all blends together. But he said something like, um, like he talked about how he's voting for Republicans and stuff. And I'm like, that wasn't smart because now you're giving them what they want. Yeah, now you you're are giving everyone. Exactly. It. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, just do it. Just fucking do just it. Just do it and not make a headline out of and it. And don't talk shit on, on, on everyone about it because you're supposed to be the bastion of free speech. That's why you're doing it, right? Yeah. So like be a when centrist. You, right. When I see stuff like that, yeah, I'm going to call them <coughs> out for it. But, you know, if it ends up going through, which that's a whole other thing too, but like if it does – it's it's certainly Twitter got to a place where they had nothing but themselves to blame. Yep. Yeah, man. I don't know. Even just like your whole the whole the first point you made of like looking just looking at it from like the simp like simplest way of looking at it is on paper the richest man in the world is is purchasing the public square. Right. And that's that's definitely something to be worried about. My friend Danny just had on a guy. I think the episode's coming out. Or maybe it came out. I don't know. I gotta go look. But he just had on this dude Barrett something. If you Google Barrett fifty cal, no, the Intercept Barrett. If you Google, okay. if people out there listening Google that, he'll come up. He was he's a wild child. Like he's definitely crazy. But he was a reporter who was thrown in prison for five years, for three, four, five years for leaking. What what's uh, George Friedman's tech 
company, like his oversight company. I forget what it's called. I'll look it up in a minute. Yeah, not not, pa- sure. not Palantir, which is Peter Thiel, but there's another one, another big one that like is spying on people and shit. And he leaked a bunch of documents from it and then went to jail. And he was then a reporter for The Intercept, but he's a huge drug addict, like openly does heroin and mm-hmm. stuff like, like he's had a lot of problems. But he's talking about all this, and he's, of course, like, fuck all these people, fuck Elon Musk and everything. But one thing he said is, like, he hates Peter Thiel. Hates him. And he's like, Peter Thiel is, Danny was telling me about this, so I hope this is exactly, like, I heard it right. But Peter Thiel is behind anything, like, that Elon's doing. And I think that's an important point because I'm looking at this and I'm like, yes, on paper – can Elon afford to pay for this how he has? But I haven't done the deep dive on what he said in the proper disclosure mm-hmm. documents. I wonder how much money is being siphoned into him by, like, Peter Thiel, who did convince him to do and this. And there you go. And there, that, that, that's a, no, a new problem created is now it's not just Elon. Right. And Peter Thiel is Elon. very open. Like, he's mm-hmm. more of a right-wing guy. You know, he donates to all those causes and stuff. But then he's also, like... He's running a company that spies on everybody. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. You know? I, I just... We're, we're going to have to see it play out like anything else. It's like we make things old in two minutes. The war in Ukraine was old three weeks into the fighting. Yet yeah. wars usually last five, ten years. That's why, you know, when it's when it's all said and done, we're, we'll, we'll just hop on Truth Social. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Is that it, the worst name of a platform you've ever seen in your it, life? It's just such, it's such like a, vin- that's such a vintage Trump idea. It cracks me up. If I wanted, if I hypothetically were a foreign entity who wanted to sow discord in the United States, and I wanted to either knowingly or actually, let's say unknowingly, use different politicians, let's say all the big ones as assets. Yeah. I would take a guy like Trump <clears throat> and I would say, you are going to trademark the word truth. Truth is now going to be a right-wing idea because you are going to put it at the center of what you say and do. And now people are going to look at the word truth, it like kind the of word, is, dude. and be like, oh no, that must be some false rumor shit because it's a Trump word. Yeah, but it, it's kind of becoming like that. It kind of is becoming like that. Yeah. Which is like, it's it's strange. Like the the idea of the search for truth is becoming almost like associated with like conspiracy theories, right wing, alt right, Pepe the Frog. You know, some of that's running out though because by just I'm keeping track of the math at home in my head. I'm not too smart, but mm-hmm. you know, by my math, that means that ninety five percent of ninety seven percent of society is like all right wingers now. Yeah, you think so? Because because anyone who questions a goddamn thing, right winger. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only people yeah. not questioning anything are the same ten people with a blue check mark on Twitter who are at the top of the feed every time something's trending. Right. No, no, that's that's the best way to put it. Then, yeah, everyone's majority is literally a right winger. Then, by the, by that definition, I mean they went to cancel J.K. Rowling. Yeah, they went to cancel Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. I plan on right winger. <laughs> when I'm in when I'm in Edinburgh, I plan on going to the coffee shop where J.K. Rowling wrote the first Harry Potter, and I plan on standing outside of it and protesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to be doing. Are you gonna Are you gonna have a broomstick? Yeah, gonna I'm gonna. I'm broomstick? between my. Le- I'm gonna be like swinging it back and forth and be like, "Get out of Edinburgh." You have those rounded glasses yeah. too. You put a little 
little I'm, scar on your forehead. Yeah, I'm gonna and I'm gonna be doing it like in a mirror, and it's gonna be backwards, and it's gonna somehow be a swastika, and then they're gonna be like, "What oh, the no. fuck? He's oh. Charles Manson." Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who also might have been a CIA asset. Oh, I totally buy into that, dude. I don't. I re- I read Helter Skelter, and then like started watching like some of the some videos on it. I'm like, totally could have been a psyop. Did you hear that Rogan podcast like a couple years ago with the guy Tom Green? Tom Green? No, I don't think so. Oh I I might have I might have I might have seen it like back then. That was like 2016. No, no, this was like, like it was. Tw- I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic. The guy it, is it Tom Green or Tom? I probably I probably fucked up the last name, but he wrote the book Chaos about the Manson thing. I know. I know what you're talking about. I watch. I watched Bro. like 45 minutes of that, dude. That podcast was unbelievable, and I read the book after. Yeah, I want to read that. That's on my list, Chaos. I'm like, if 50% of this is true, holy shit. But, I mean, his reporting, he took, for people that don't know his background, the guy took 20 years to do an unexpected book and actually lost every, like, he was worth no money, was getting no, he was like on food stamps almost, but this story, it was supposed to be a little piece reflecting in 1999 on the 30-year anniversary of the Manson murders, and then this, as he started to interview some people, he fell into some shit, and he was like, wait a second, what do you mean by that? And then it became this whole thing, and he, very long story short uncovered a lot of the ties between mk ultra the cia and manson and also the fact that like the prosecutor vince bugliosi it was it was one of those times where they did get the guy responsible Uh like the result of the main guy in the trial they sent him to jail he did all this shit absolutely true but the way he did it covered up for everyone else who was involved so he got a result Sounds very familiar. Mr. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he got the same result. or He got the desired result for the headline, Mm -hmm. and he got the right result at the top of the food chain, Mm -hmm. but he actually made a fully, not fully, but very false case, and then also covered up all the other people. Nuts, dude. I mean, dude, I, I I haven't gotten like super, super, super deep into MKUltra. I've gotten like I've touched the surface. I I did find a lot of the Jim Morrison stuff very interesting with his father. His father had ties with the CIA. I don't know about this. Yeah, explain that. His father had ties high up in either the CIA or the FBI. It's got to be the CIA. And there, this whole thing of like Jim Morrison manipulating the hippie movement and the music of the Doors, feeding into all of the MK Ultra stuff. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to have to. Everyone gives me new rabbit holes to go down. I'm Don't take my word for it, but, you know. Do the research yourself. Do the research yourself, guys. That's fucking. Like, do you ever think about, like, if they came up with some of the mind control chants or whatever? Like, oh, if we put this sequence of notes together with these words, we can get people to do things. And then you think about music and you're like, oh my God. Was Jimi Hendrix in the CIA? Yeah, dude, <laughs> all of that stuff. Think about it. The, yeah. the the hippie the hippie movement was such a quintessential part of all that. The way people were being influenced by lyrics and the performers of our time, you know, and drugs and drugs, a lot of drugs. LSD, you know, which the CIA was studying. Exactly. So that's why it's like it makes sense. It makes sense. This whole thing, though, where people are like trying to. Like I, I've had one or two people on here who were coming on for something else, and then they turn out to be like 
also big MK time ultra big, experts or something not even that they're like big time libertarians <laughs> and i'm like okay all right here we go and they start talking about it and the one question i have is everyone wants to talk about they're making us all communists and i'm like all right well i don't agree with that but i do see like some poor societal trends that are control-based trends yeah yeah and when i look at it from the element of the fact that these same people are also yelling like the cia is behind all of it i then ask the question i'm like if there's one thing we do know about the CIA, it's that their literal existence has been founded on anti-communism. Like they're fascism. That's what they want. Right. So like are, are what are they really doing here? If they're putting out your quote-unquote communist principles and like trying to infect with the mind virus and all that and get people to be like all egalitarian on everything no matter what and cancel the people who aren't, is it really just to then push everyone hard the other way so that then they run the government through that, like mm. through the other end of that's it, a like, a, like a right-wing type thing? Yeah, that's a good like, point. If I were a spy doing some deep spy shit, I'd be like, watch these motherfuckers. They're all going to like say all this shit and talk about how there's no such thing as a gender. It's going to turn off enough people over time and boom now we're back in that's a good that's very 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 valid point of thinking only time will tell <laughs> only time will tell maybe when we'll new york's here. underwater yeah. <laughs> they're they're building did you do you know about that but I, I gotta ask you this first huh you now you need to answer this honestly all right all right you saw an inconvenient yeah hold your hand <laughs> right hand of god you saw an inconvenient truth. As you right? have the OJ shirt on, that's I have good. To, yeah, I have the gloves that's out. Good. You know what I mean. You saw the inconvenient truth, or an inconvenient truth, the documentary Al Gore did in '07. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I believe he said he point. I I I wrote my like sixth grade paper on that. I believe he pointed at the map and showed like like clicked a button, you know, like turned to the audience for effect, and he's like, "That's Manhattan." <laughs> Clicks it. That's Manhattan in 2012. And that's water. And I look at that, and this is part of the reason why now there's a lot of people who are like total climate change deniers because they're like, none of this happened. But I'm like, in 2012, technically for like three days, was Manhattan not underwater? Mm. Sandy. Admit it. Admit it. He admitted it. It's true. It's it was. true. It was. It's but true. The point is, it's bullshit because it wasn't. Well, yeah, but now they're building land off of like, uh, I want to say it's like, uh, near like the Staten Island Ferry. I always forget. Is that, is that Battery Park? I think that's Battery Park. They're building land on water. They're going to extend the island down more as like a way to combat. Because like downtown Manhattan financial district is what would get hit first if this were to happen. Like that's the first place that's going to get wiped out. And so they're building... Uh, I'm I'm not doing it justice, but oh, yeah. they're building land on the tip of Manhattan towards that way, towards the Statue of Liberty. Manhattan. And they're going to, as a way to combat that. So that'll be a nice little bustling community. Let's see what it is. Like, how much space are we talking? Dezine? Have you ever even heard of that? Is that like a real source? Manhattan Island Extension could provide... Homes for 250,000 yeah, so people. Look, yeah. The way it would come off the, the southern tip near the financial district. But this is from January 2022. It's talking about someone proposing it. They're already doing it? No, I don't know. I don't think they're already doing it. Okay. I, th I, think, I think this is greenlit, though. That's the fastest anything's ever been greenlit in New York in my fucking life. Yeah, well. Four months. Go figure. <laughs> 
Rutgers professor Jason Barr has proposed adding 1,760 acres of reclaimed land named New Manhattan to the tip of Manhattan to provide housing and combat climate change. Called New... Oh, he wants to name it as a separate neighborhood. No. No. New Manhattan. Manhattan? Manhattan. In reference to the indigenous, oh my indigenous name. Oh, Yeah, think- I just got a new place in New Manhattan, <laughs> actually. Yeah, our Whole Foods... We're just doing it for, like, the indigenous people, you know? This is, but, like, if you want to piss off all the people in central fucking United States, name it New Manhattan and I, say dude, that's it just, why. Dude, it's just, like, once again, it just doesn't get any better than this. You they, just can't make it up. And, you know, it's going to be, like, it's going to be, like, streets paved with gold, a Whole Foods on every corner, a <laughs> yoga place, a hot yoga, and you're going to go there and you're going to be, like, if this is where we're headed, we're done, you know? It's nuts. It's already enough with Soho and no, like I'm a Soho girl. I'm a new Manhattan girl. <laughs> and she's going to be wearing like indigenous tribal garb. And you're going to be like, well, that's, that's not right. That's kind of cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, but it's like for not the indigenous, <laughs> like w- this is our community. Do, I donate $600 a year to the indigenous people. Oh no. Mm. I think a lot of people do cultural appropriation by calling out cultural appropriation. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. They like dig themselves the hole because they find it in things that aren't. So it's like, well, who's really culturally appropriating here? Because you're the one taking ownership of it, mm. and you're some fucking white dude. Well, did you see? Did you see the clip of uh, Chet Hanks on uh, I think Z Way her show? Incredible, <laughs> hysterical, Fuck, amazing. Can we pull that up. Yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to play that. That's I was crack. He was cracking me up. It may be it may <laughs> be protected content. So if people you hear a little break. Just go yeah. check this out. But type in Chet Hanks Z-Way, Z-I-W-E, and you'll see the clip where he was doing the patois. That That is a man, I will say this about Chet Hanks, <clears throat> he does have no shame, and I respect it. I respect that. I respect it a and lot. And he, he's a pisser, man. He is a fucking pisser. I really, I honestly, you know, I'll put it out here in public. I don't care. You know, chastise me. I hope to see him do something more in entertainment. Fucking incredible. He's pretty funny. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Was he really? Yeah, the episode where um, Jeff's daughter, Susie, which is crazy, or not Susie, um, I forgot, Sammy, she's married, she's like dating a vet, and Larry doesn't thank him for his service. Oh, that was Chet Hanks? And Susie's like, are you fucking kidding me, Larry? No, that was Chet Hanks? Yeah. You don't thank him for his fucking service, Larry? (laughs) You bald fuck? What a show. Oh my God, what What a a show. What a fucking show. All right, let's what see. a fucking show. Let's see if we can play this real quick. And again, if you don't hear it, we'll be back right after. So you introduced the world to your Jamaican accent on the red carpet of the 2019 Golden Globes. Big up, big up the whole island. <laughs> Massive, it's your boy Chetana. Coming straight from the Golden Globes, you what's here. Do you feel like you inspired a generation of boys, white boys particularly, to use, to speak in Patois? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I did kind of make the Patois accent more like a little more trending, I guess. I think I was like, I mean, like such a white boy like thing to say. Jamaican culture itself and yeah. Caribbean culture itself, which is obviously very, you know, vibrant. I was like the first person to like kind of like get it in the conversation, like of just recent times. The conversation. I did it first. <laughs> Can I say some Patois words to you? Tell me what you think. Small up yourself. Huh? You know what small up yourself means in Patois? Uh, smile or small? Or up small? yourself. 
small. What, oh, do you oh, even oh, speak God. Patois? I mean, not really. Not really? <laughs> I was like the first person to like, kind of like, get a conversation. I just know her head things. tilts kill me. Two, three things. Oh. Tings, you know what I mean? <laughs> couple two three tigs. <laughs> what does that mean to you? You can't really put it in words. Well, it's, it's, it's beyond. It's words. beyond. It's like the Dow. Oh, it's, it's beyond like words. You can't put it in. Bombo class. It, it, has, it, it can't be contained. Wow! Wow! <laughs> it's bigger than that. Dude, I I gotta tell you, she does a way different model than I would ever do. But she is just fucking. Like, I saw these clips maybe like a month and a half ago. I found the one with Charlemagne that came up. And I'm yeah. like, what is this? And the studio is obviously like glitzy and glammy. And I'm watching it. I'm like, she's good, man. Dude, is that the one where he compares himself to Martin Luther King? Is that the one you talked with Charlemagne? I th- I definitely watched one where where she asked him about that. She's like, you've compared yourself to Martin Luther King. It's like, hold on a minute, man. I did not. I I, I don't want to see people bring this up. <laughs> and I'm listening to him like, oh, shit. She's coming for all this book. But she went with the one. The first one I saw was she's like, you've been an enemy of black women everywhere. You get in fights with all of them. Do you think that has to do with something in your childhood or something like that? I'm like, fuck. And then it's funny, and you're like, "Oh, okay." But I guess it's on, she like, went after time. Hannibal too on his episode, like about how he's a landlord or something. Oh, with the sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, that was just. And she's just like, "Yeah, so do you like being a landlord?" And you know, you know, fucking people over. It was something like along those lines. And he's like, "Well, I don't technically own property because, like, when you're dead, property's still there. And it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm just renting it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then he put on this. He, he put on the sunglasses, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I knew what you were trying to do." Yeah. And so if I just put on these here sunglasses, I'm gonna block out all everything, close my eyes, and not be affected by this entire situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, that's good." I almost wore my sunglasses for this because yeah, I was should've. like, "Could have stayed," you know. You should. Would have been like Gunner Quavo up in here. I had I had a uh, Beck Lover in here. That guy walked in here with some fucking mirrors on. Wow! It actually affected. The he lighting. did. He never take them off. He took them off after about fourteen minutes. Okay. It was, but they were like, you know, he's already got a big head. Yeah. Huge, huge head. But then, like, <laughs> the fucking sunglasses are like half his face, and I'm like, those. I don't know if those will ever be topped in here. Yeah, you dude. might win already. You're gonna have to get some real, like, more funky characters in here to try and beat that. It's fucking nuts. You know who's actually like really funky though? Hmm. Who I've been just so into lately. Who? I'm fantasizing about her. Who? Sing come, it. Come on. Dua Lipa. No. Doja Cat. I don't know. No. You can throw me a bone here, bud. Amber Heard. Oh, Amber, baby, bro. She can shit on my bed. Bitch. Come <laughs> shit in my sheets, girl. Damn. Damn, she nice. I I was saying the other day, I was like, it's funny because she lost the trial. She did lose. She is being awarded $2 million. That's 15, 15 to 2. Yeah. But that's literally what they say when they talk about like a participation trophy. Yeah. You know? Well, if you're CNN, that's what they wrote in the headline. Did they? They were both found liable. Oh. That was their headline. That's good. The Johnny Depp and Amber Heard jury has come back and they found both... Depp and Heard liable, and they didn't say like it's crazy. fifteen to two. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't want to mention that. What I don't get is uh, they're going to be definitely appealing it, which you know, no surprise. But I, I saw a picture, and it could have been. It definitely could have been like 
fake, but I saw a picture and it was like of her net worth and it was like two and a half million. Yeah, I, it's got to be fake. I've heard, I heard it was like seven. I saw the same one you're talking about. I heard it's like seven or eight, but I also am like, because they don't release the contracts that actors and actresses make. We just find out about it sometimes. Right. Like we found out that Leo made fifty million. Right, right, right. But like, she is a star. She's not like a a a list, but like she's she's a star. I gotta think like. If you look at her IMDb, she had to be making several million. That's yeah. I saw that when I saw two and a half. I'm like, that can't be real. And Could she got it? seven from Johnny. Yeah, separation. I'm like, what are you spending your fucking money on? Yeah, on? exactly. And and she's not even paying fifteen million. It, it comes out to like ten point four. Well, because the judge legally the jury, the jury awarded her more than was legally allowed for, for one of. <laughs> it's them. great, dude. Or awarded him. That, yeah. But yeah, it's still like they were saying it's more than her net worth. But then other people were telling me they're like, "Oh, she'll just file for bankruptcy and she'll be fine." I'm like, how does bankruptcy work? I have no idea. How <laughs> no, bankruptcy that's works. yeah, dude. It sounds like a, it sounds like a nice, easy way out, dude. It sounds incredible. You just get a fresh slate. I might, I might file soon. I might file too. I might file soon, dude. It sounds like you get money from it. You got, you got your equipment. You got your setup. File. Yeah. And now start fresh, but you, you got. You got your stuff. So now you can like start on top. I think the biggest racket though is that like great bankruptcy attorneys make a lot of fucking money. Oh yeah. From where? Yeah. <laughs> like like if I'm one of the creditors and I'm in court, I'm like, how much are you paying this fucking guy from Aiken Gump? Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> how do they Yeah, exactly, dude. It's I, craziness. I have a distant relative who's like a high powered bankruptcy attorney in New York, and I'm just like, You're really rich. Like, yeah. That's someone else's money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the money that they probably should have been paying these these creditors. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. What did you think of that whole trial, though? I mean, you know, I we made a sketch about it. It was it was definitely one of those things. Um, you know, they're both guilty. You know, obviously they're both guilty. I mean, all you had to hear was Johnny's. Did you hear that one clip where you just like go? It's like the text message. Oh, it's the best text message oh my I've God, ever read. Dude, I she was my she was my place for come and dude, nothing more. <laughs> oh my God! Like I fucking almost shit myself. I thought it was so funny. But you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm glad he won. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I he been, definitely was a lot. It's less weird because when it was happening, no one seemed to be supporting her. Like I remember before Dan Carney and I made that sketch. We did a deep dive on Twitter and we're like, let's gauge what people are thinking about this. Because we were, we were worried we would make it, a week would go by, some crazy shit would come out, and then it would just be everyone being Team Amber. But then when you go on Twitter, it was like 100 people were for Johnny, two were for Amber. And, and then the trial yeah. ended, and I've seen so much more stuff now being like, what this means for like women, what this does to like our movement, like almost saying that she got robbed and i was i was so confused i'm like wait when this was going on it seemed like everyone was like fuck this bitch because it's a team Just, thing exactly exactly yeah. but i i was i don't know i was blown away by that didn't make sense they i mean i you can you can literally write their tweets for them you know what's going to be coming yeah you know what they're going to say you yeah. know how they're going to say it it's standing in solidarity no matter what and it's like yeah he clearly i i think she sent him crazy because she's a nut right, job and right. an awful person. Right. He definitely did things he shouldn't have done. Right. I think we all can agree on that. 
but a lot less. And I think he was driven. It was a defense mechanism more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I remember even like the during the trial, the independent shared this one op-ed literally like 20 times like in the month and i remember like i remember i was looking at it i'm like dude you guys fucking shared this article three days ago and the first reply tweet is like how many more times do you guys plan on doing this article because it was like opinion why everyone is supporting johnny instead of amber and then it was obviously going at you know everyone who supports johnny but they like they were like almost pushing it like it was almost three weeks old at one point and they were publishing it on twitter as if it was you know a new article from that day they know exactly what they're doing exactly they know exactly what they're doing and people fall for it every time because they click it mm-hmm. they click it it's and like and they sell ads yeah Dude, it's like the classic thing and the amount of times I've been on Facebook and someone from my hometown shared some bullshit and it happened three years ago, like the date <laughs> on the article. It's yeah. like three years old. Yeah. Th- this was that text. Oh my God. Way. I just found this is this is hilarious. This is from Johnny Depp to Amber Heard. If you haven't heard this, it was August twenty sixteen. <laughs> She's begging for total global humiliation. She's gonna get it. I'm gonna need your text sent. About San Francisco, brother, I'm even sorry to ask. But she sucked Mollus' crooked dick, and he gave her some shitty lawyers. I have no mercy, no fear, and not an ounce of emotion. Or what I once thought was love for this gold-digging, low-level, diamond-dozen, mushy, pointless, dangling, overused, flappy fish market. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so fucking happy she wants to go to fight this out. She will hit... What does that say? She will she hit, will the, hit wall the wall hard. hard. There's a lot of exclamation points too. That's the one thing. He's, he's, he's fucking jacked up. And I can't, he's probably on a lot of coke. Fired up. And I can't, yeah. And, and, I, <laughs> and I cannot wait to have this waste of a cum guzzler. <laughs> a sublime little Russian. I'd met a fucking sublime little Russian here. <laughs> All right, I can't, I can't, I can't even keep doing this. But like, we all know what it's like to send like that. I want her replaced on that Warner <laughs> Brothers. It's <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck this. You know what? Fuck it. She's done. Oh man. Uh, God, we're gonna catch flack for that clip, dude. Yeah, don't dude, don't post that clip of the two the guys laughing cares? at that text message. It's hysterical because you know what it's like. There's a huge difference between doing things and taking out your oxytocin or whatever dopamine right. on an angry text to a friend mm-hmm. where you say all the worst and most creative shit you can possibly say, which is essentially what he did there. And and, and he talks like a, like yeah. a creative actor. Yeah, she, she wants to take all my money. Why well, say, like, her. fuck this bitch when you can say, I will leave her out to pasture. This l- like cum cum guzzling guzzler. floppy fish market. <laughs> like, floppy fish market, that was good. That was good, John. He's clearly an artist. Uh, why did we not get James Franco in this trial? That's what I want to know, dude. Yeah, James Franco, he's done. That would have that would have sent some some. I was, you know, I got to tell you, man, when the whole James Franco thing happened, I was a little bothered to see how quick Seth Rogen, you know, was done with them. Uh, what did listen, he do? Um, I think. See again, here we go. I'm just I think I think he made like some crazy sexual advances and was having sexual relations with a student. Oh, because he's um, a professor at NYU, right? At NYU. Is he still a professor? That's another thing too. Apparently he stole the disaster artist from a student. Apparently like, that's that's what I've heard. I've heard that that script was submitted in his class and he kind of took it 
and I don't oh, know if he didn't no. if he compensated or like didn't properly compensate. That's oh, like yeah, no. I've heard that a lot. That's but I, I I was I was just taken aback because it's like Seth Rogen had done so much with them and they were so close. Not saying he should have been out supporting them, but he was just like, yeah, fuck him. I'm never working with him ever again. I don't like him. Never blah blah blah. And I'm like, damn, son. Yeah, that was fast. But I thought there might have been something with like underage girls. Let's too. go, James Franco. I just love that part from um. I don't even remember what movie. Was that? Was that a Mike Myers movie? No, no. Um, fuck, I can't remember. It's the guy. It's the guy who plays um, Mr. Chang in uh, The Hangover. His name's escaping me. Ken something. Oh, Ken Young. Ken Young. Yeah. And he has the pet duck. It's from Ted. That's what it's from. Oh, that's... <laughs> Let's go, James Franco. Uh, all right. So I guess. Wow, he did a podcast talking about this somewhat recently, December twenty twenty one. I have to check that a few out. Few days, uh, day before Christmas Eve. What a gift! Yeah, it's. I, I know what you mean about friends abandoning, but it's also like it was a smart career. I mean, a, not he, even just that. Forget the career. It's just like if it had. I, I got to remember what some of it was because I'm not sure. But I think if some of it had to do with like underage girls and stuff, I mean, what what are you gonna do? No, for sure. You got like you don't want to be associated with that. And that's this is why I think Epstein was he set the bar man <laughs> he really set the bar that guy christ uh he like if you're sitting in a room whoever you are you're the people who are going to end up handling jeffrey epstein yeah okay? i'm not saying where you're from or when <laughs> we don't know if you're sitting in a room and you're writing down like you for whatever reason you come up with this whole idea that you need to be able to get leverage on people which mm. is everything but you need to be be able to blackmail people Life powerful people across yep. culture you're sitting around and you're going what is the one thing that absolutely nobody can come back from once the veil is pulled and someone in that room he raises said, their hand and goes fuck a kid let's get them to fuck kids that's it that's it yeah and then it's like okay well let's create a figure who's known for this too someone got a promotion for that one one of the the intern the intern that said, "Listen, if I speak up right now and they don't like this, I'm going to get fired." But I believe so <laughs> I so strongly in this idea. He raises his hand. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Have them fuck kids. Get the fuck out of here. No, 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 no. Sit back down. What did you just say? We get them to fuck kids. We get blackmail of them fucking kids. What? Who's this guy? <laughs> oh, this is Jim. He's the new mailroom guy." <laughs> Jim. Jim, you're now the director of clandestine operations. Jim, you're going to have a future at this company, son. Did we get you a car yet? Did we get him a company? Get him a get him a Maserati Ghibli. You got a future here, kid. Oh my god. But it, you're right. That's literally like that's probably how it's just like what's the best way? You're not bouncing back from that. Dude, he died less than 3 years ago and the trial of Ghislaine was 6 months ago. And we already forget. Oh, dude. Society is already... It's not even that we forget. It's still there. And people post memes and say, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. And, like, that's it. I mean, embarrassingly enough, when you just said it was six months ago, I, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, wow. I thought it was, like, a year and a half ago now. I mean, it just goes to show you. Everything feels that way. Everything feels like a long time ago. But it's just, like, the compartmentalization that we are willing to accept in this... Social feed, rip, 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 rip,
era where there's always something new. Saturated as fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, I even saw it, like, we're, what, two weeks out, three weeks out from that shooting or whatever? Uh, what, the, the, the one Evolve in Texas? Day one, Evolve which Day. is awful. And, like, it was round-the-clock coverage for four or five days. There was one in Philly yesterday. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's, South another, Street, now right? there's another one, but we've already, like, forgotten about that. I'm yeah, like, it's that shit's on. crazy, bro. It's nuts. It's crazy. The information age. There's I'll just pe- keep saying ideas. So the, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's 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 like it's the we don't know how to live without it, mm. but we also we know it's like killing us. Yeah, and none of us can do anything, and so we don't. Myself and yeah, we're like we're like the guy who had me at knife point and you know <laughs> madison square garden he's like i know i shouldn't be doing this much dope every day but god i can't live without it you know and that's like i mean you see the videos coming out of like new york or any of the big cities where there was like they pulled back too much on the cops and everything i look at it and i go people have been left so hopeless from the effects of this pandemic, which we don't talk about enough, like the downstream economic effects that happened, that they went crazy. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. Even on the even on the craziest micro level of just talking to one of your buddies, you know, throughout all of it and being like, damn, bro, he's he's kind of he's kind of the deep end a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. uh, you, you're doing what tomorrow? January 6th, where are you going? What? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? What what the hell's going on? You know? They people feel like they gotta be a part of something, but they get they get infected with the idea that whatever it is, that's what they are, and then it defines them and it happens all the way down at like crime too. I was looking I think it was from your Twitter pro- probably, but I was looking at a video a couple days ago of some guy on the subway just like grabbing people dude, and shit. That 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 had me in a fucking knot, dude. I was so... That had me livid. Because it's crazy, dude. People talk so, people talk so much and say, Oh, we gotta help each other out. Blah, 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 blah. Dude, the fucking... The crackhead comes on the train and starts grabbing this woman's hair, not letting go. And she's literally like, Help me. Can someone help me? And everyone's just standing there recording it. It's like, dude, cold clock that motherfucker. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not well. Right. Like, that person, it's not just like, oh, he's high on crack right now. Yeah. It's more than that. It's like he needs to be institutionalized. Yeah. And it's like, like there's such a, and we see it in everything. Honestly, you know what? Now that I think about it, I I think that it might have been a woman, actually, in that video. That was the other thing, because I thought thought it might be like a a cross-dresser. Yeah. I wasn't sure, because it... It's hard to tell, but like either way, that's what they're calling them nowadays. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, what was the subway? NYC. Yeah, dude. Dude, even like even last week, there was a bad fucking stabbing in the upper. Actually, dude, fuck, fuck it. Two this past week, a 16 year old girl got stabbed in the back in broad daylight in New York City, and then like a few days before, someone in like the Upper East Side got stabbed in broad daylight too and the pictures from the cctv camera it literally is like something out of a horror movie it's some guy like dressed all black with a hood on and just like 
the picture is him winding back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, it was on like New York Post. It's like, dude, what? Just running around stabbing people. What is going on? Now, there's always been crazy people, and there yeah, hasn't in New York always... City, especially. Yeah, sure. There hasn't always been video like we have it now, but still, like the rate that you're seeing some of this stuff, like. You know, it's every other day, dude. Yeah, it's every other day. You, uh, do you want to know one thing? I still haven't done since living in New York, and I'm probably not going to do it. I have not downloaded the Citizens app. What the fuck is that? So, Citizens app is an app you can download, and it's like Waze, where it's like open source. Like people have to report X, Y, Z to see it, but it basically reports crime, emergencies, anything in your in your immediate area. So you'll get a notification: man stabbed. Uh, <laughs> Twelve uh, a thousand feet away from you, or like, like man, like stab, <laughs> dude. So it's like that, and dude, like I have I have buddies who have it, and they're like, dude, I've been sitting in my apartment, <laughs> and it says man gunned down two hundred feet away from you, and they're like looking out the window and see like cops, you know, or like uh, you know lights flashing, and they're like, what 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 the fuck, like, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, I don't need that, I don't need that, <laughs> man, stabbed to death sixteen times, seven feet away from you, and I like open the door, of my apartment guy laying there you know it's fucking scary man yeah I, I just like you know greatest city in the world yeah but it's it's a lot of places with heavy populations because the biggest myth that's ever been sold to the people of the united states and the people of the world is that the stock market equals the economy for everybody yeah that is not maybe yeah. it was maybe you could make that argument in the 70s 80s and 90s i'll buy it but like ever since we got to exponential rates of creation with the internet mm -hmm. the especially since then that's why the wealth gap splits so much because when you see that chart and you'll even hear rich people talking about losing so much money in 0809 but a lot of them had enough that they were able to get it back because when you see the chart go down in that V, mm. even if they sold stupidly, they saw a lot of that upside because they had assets to gain. The people who lost their 401k in that V and sold everything, they got nothing. Yeah. They didn't invest. They didn't get any of that. So nope. all this recovery, like taking money to make money, talk about that all the time, like people get left behind with it. So the pandemic happens. You see that hard V, yeah. right? And you just assume like, oh, everyone's okay. Well, the only people who are okay are the people who are actually collecting of like working class society were the people who were actually collecting the unemployment benefits they got, which were great, but it's still capped. Yeah. Right? So everyone else is Money getting rich. Money printer go brr. Yes. And the inflation and everyone else is getting rich. You know, the, the, the people can invest in tech while this goes on and something like now that we're two over two years past it, I'm starting to realize – like now 2019, it was always distant, like within six months of the pandemic, it was distant. But now it feels like a different era, like of people, like how people react. Like even when social media was nuts, like especially during the Trump presidency and everything, because mm -hmm. the guy said something new every day. There was a level of sanity on a broad scale that still at least existed. I'm not saying it was flourishing, but no, it existed. But it was there. Now? Yeah. People being in their own little pods, you know, like if I by the way, if I just sat here and I was building something else and I didn't talk with people for a fucking living and you do nothing but listen to people. Been, you nuts. Oh, I would have gone I don't I'm not above that. Who the fuck am I to say I'm above that? I would have gone nuts. Dude, bro. I'm I am beyond grateful that at that time I was living in a, a six bedroom apartment with just a bunch of people. Like yeah. that was the one thing I never had to deal with that. 
there was three of them left to go back home just because of every the expense and everything, which totally understandable. But it was me and two other roommates, good friends, and it was just like, man, thank God. Thank fucking God. Because then talking to other people who yes. are just same shit every day alone in a studio apartment, it's like, oh, my God, dude, I would have went nuts. I was living in a two-floor brownstone with people. You know, we had a giant living room, a backyard, a roof. I was moving around. I'm like, I was grateful for that shit. Yeah, because you can bounce ideas off and feel them out with each other as opposed to doing it from behind a keyboard where a bunch of bots might agree with you. Right. Or it could even be as simple as you, you rip ass on the couch and someone laughs. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're here. I'm <laughs> right. not alone. Thank God. It's Thank just, God. Like, when I see these people, I'm like, how many of these people just got left behind? They lost whatever job they had, and then they were homeless. They didn't have people. And then also the shelters shut down. Yeah. That was a big thing. Resources went All of like it gone, that. yeah. Cause they, because they didn't – everyone was uncertain, couldn't do it, blah, 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 blah. The only – the only silver lining with, I mean, New York specifically is that, and I, and I, I want to, I want to put this on a t-shirt is, Hey, at least we're not San Francisco, <laughs> but it's like at the same time, but at the same time, like yeah. we're not too far away. Yeah. You know, I don't think it can be that bad, but <laughs> I mean, I've never been out there. Some people like, you'll see people fight back against that. Like, Oh, I was in San Francisco today. I didn't get robbed. Not everything was shot up like everyone says on the internet, and they're probably right about that. Yeah, no, but I, I've never even been out there. But I'm you still off. you still see like the vi- the videos in San Francisco are every day they're like as brazen as that dude stabbing people that we just saw in New York. Yeah, like they're not, they're like wait, that's not real. Oh wow, that's yeah. Real. I think of I, I like a few like a year ago. I it's like I almost jinxed myself because a year ago I would watch like those videos from like L.A. and San Fran, and I'd be like. Jesus, man, like the the homeless and like the crackheads, like the the ones on the West Coast, they seem really fucking aggressive. What the <laughs> hell? And now it's like the last year in New York, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, they're, they're you know, everyone's aggressive now. But it makes sense. Why is everyone aggressive? Well, you know, the last two years of life hasn't been something to calm you down. Think about this guy real quick. Je- 20, Jeffrey Epstein. Twenty four years old. His dad wasn't really ever around, so his mom was working several jobs growing up to make ends meet and everything. Maybe mm-hmm. he has a couple siblings. Maybe they're there. Actually, let's say they're not. They're somewhere else. And he didn't go to college, got a job working you know, as like a driver around New York or something during the college years. Pandemic hits. Mom dies of COVID. Yeah. Which this is not a far-fetched story. New York no. was insane when, when it happened. And yeah. now he has no job. He lost it. He's depressed, so he doesn't collect government checks. Suddenly, the little house that house apartment that right. she was able to pay for and he was able to support, suddenly he's gone. not in there anymore. The yeah. lease runs out. He didn't pay. No shelter to turn to. No shelter to turn to. Now he's on the street. It yep. is August 2020 now. All right, this happened in five months. Yep. Streets are empty. Okay, so now he sees someone, someone next to him says, take some of this. Yeah. Takes a little, whatever that drug is. Yep. Now he starts losing track of days. His phone turns off, doesn't even have that anymore. Mm-hmm. This person could be virtually completely insane in yeah. months. Yeah. Think about how many people are like that right now who got left behind by the system and nothing to, there to help them. Yep. 
And now if we had just introduced those people to Bitcoin and said <laughs> heroin, they actually might have they might have made a killing. If they bought Ethereum at six hundred dollars at the beginning of the pandemic when mom passed. No, but you're right. You're right. It's actually like it is not that is not far fetched at all. And what's crazy is I am noticing a lot of homeless people I've been seeing a lot, lot younger. Lot younger, dude. Like people who had been like, oh, that that could have been a classmate from school, you know? I'm waiting for the first spread. We see a story that they get on someone who was. Like someone like, who literally who is like has the everyday debt. kid. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, waiting dude, on that. it's so. I, it's coming, dude. Some of the people that I've been seeing that look like our age, you can tell they haven't been that way for a long time. Like I see, I see kids that look like you know around our age, and I'm like, they still got a pair of AirPods, you know. Or like they they got a pair of Jordans on, but you could tell they're doing a lot of dope too, and like they're living on the street. And it's like, dude, this is all new, you know. And granted, would it have happened anyway for some? Maybe, sure, but yeah, with the, cir- with the circumstances that have been coming, you know. Yeah, just turn that thing. By the yeah, way, yeah, I got it. it. With the circumstances that you know we've been presented with, it's totally real, totally real that that could have happened to anybody. I, I don't. You know, it it makes me think back to when people three days into the pandemic raised the alarm about the mental health and the drugs and things like that that would happen. It was common sense, and and it's true too. Of you course, see it all is. these numbers of overdoses, alcoholism, even stuff like domestic abuse is like all of it skyrocketed. I constantly have to remind myself that I that I only live in my head. Right, because none of that's, and I also didn't lose my job mm-hmm. when it happened. Right, I still had that for a little while. Yeah, me. T- I had a big freelancing gig. I worked the whole pandemic. I had, thank God, I had been, I had been giving myself a runway, working towards something, ended mm-hmm. up being this. Right, like I had a lot that was just it was there. You could take it for granted in that way that other people didn't. But like, I've never understood the whole idea of like. Like, I like alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. But I've never understood the idea of, like, it's 6 o'clock. I had a tough day. I'm having a drink. I think I've done that twice in my life, and it didn't happen like that. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I've had a day, man. Yeah. And I just have one, and I and that's it, yeah. right? But a lot of people, that's not – I understand that's not how their brain works. Their brain then becomes, that's what I want. Oh now yeah, I'm doing it again and again and again. And this for is people, replacing that's, everything. That's routine for probably the majority of like nine to fivers, especially in New York, especially Should in they? cities, yeah. in the suburbs. People might not be as apt to come home and have a drink every single night, but when you're living in a city, it's you, fucking mad. You men. leave the exactly, <laughs> dude. You leave the office. You walk out. There's a a fucking pig and whistle, whatever, on every goddamn corner, and you're like, you know what? Go have a fucking beer. Go have a drink with a few coworkers. Oh, God, we earned it, dude. We just did eight hours of this garbage we don't want to do. We earned it. But it's – that's not sustainable. No. I don't know how Maybe people... for some. Some people have the mental fortitude, but the majority, probably not. I think I'm just – the way we're all wired is maybe it starts the same, but it ends up different based on how what you gravitate towards or whatever. But I never understood the – people who just did that like on a daily basis or like went to the happy hour and stuff like i trust me i knew how to have a good fucking time a lot of people know i had i had a good time after college and everything but there was a hard line for me yeah on the week 
I'm on. Yeah. Right. It, it, yeah. You know, unless it was business related, I didn't fucking go to happy hours. I didn't go out and drink. I fucking worked out, went to work, did my shit, got it done. On the weekends, I could blow it out. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's yeah. just what it was. That's the that's the way to do it. But like I would notice exactly what you're saying. Like even with like friends in the city and stuff, they're like, oh, there's a happy hour tonight. I'm like, but aren't you? Okay, all right. You know. It's like, motherfucker, there's going to be a happy hour every night from 2 p.m. till 5 a.m. Like, yep. that's never going to change. Yep. Even when this world is going to hell in a handbasket, there's still going to be a happy hour you can go to. Five o'clock somewhere, man. Yeah, Always. exactly. But people are, that. that's another thing. People, the older I get, the more I realize how much people just think about today. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's great to be present. I'm with that. Yeah. But they don't. It's like uh, what's the what's the official term? Short term gratification versus yeah. long long term. But again, no it's like you go back to all the the sh like shit we were talking about earlier. It's like, well, it's easy to be that way because yeah. if you're working and you know you're not crazy about your job or like everything's not really the way you want it to be. Well, it's easy to fall into that because at least that's something you know you're going to get that that good feeling or you're going to get that net positive reaction or. You know, it's easy. It's so easy to fall into that. Whereas like a guy like you or me is like you have some aspirations or some bigger plans. It's like, well, you can't settle for that. What are you doing? You're blowing it. Two days, two days back to back, Thursday and Friday, are just like boozing or just like kind of living like, you know, you don't give a shit. It's like, well, you're going to see on Saturday when you're doing this shit. Oh, well, I didn't put my investment in this week. I didn't pay my rent this right. week, you know. Got to pay your rent. I'm really fortunate to have a lot of people around me who, even if this isn't what, how they w would do it with their life, maybe they don't have the aspirations I do. They want to do different things or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people around me who, even if they don't get it, they get it. Yeah, right? yeah, me and too. They're, and they're supportive. It's a, that's a and blessing. They're like, they're like, hey, no, we we know, like you yeah. got it. The hardest part though is when I have people, and there's some who don't get it at all. Mm -hmm. want totally different things in their life and can't recognize that like that's not what i want they're like they want to help they're, it's usually coming from a good place yeah but they're like trying to project how they think life should be lived upon me and i gotta look at them and be like anyone who's ever built something wh what do you think they just like they clock in nine to five and then like go I, and fucking had, blow it out on the weekend i had the exact conversation with somebody yesterday look up any person you want that you think is big look up whether it's fucking george clooney who waited tables to he was 41 look up anybody no one this very rarely are there people that were able to just walk into a room and some guy in a suit across saw them and was like you're Elvis, kid. Cash you know? me outside, girl. Yeah. She she, she did it. You yeah, know what I mean? Dude, it happens, but like not really. Rare. Yeah, not really. Rare. Yeah. You know, like the people that count on virality or like something like, oh, it'll happen tomorrow. Like, I'm like, that's, to me, when I hear people say the word tomorrow, I this thing just goes up my spine and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not, that is not how it works. Right. Because everything will become tomorrow. And granted, you know, like, People might feel that way when you or I are 
saying how like, oh, like this, this, this nine to five and then the happy hour and then the weekend, like that's like, they might look at us and think we're wild too. Just like, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's all relative. And I, don't, I talk to these kids at work and I'll be like, like, oh, what are you doing? You coming to have a few with us? And I'm like, nah, I got, I'm going to do like two or three open mics. Then I got to meet my buddy to write this sketch. And then I got to still rehearse my lines for this play. And it's just, they're like, oh, what? Like, you know, like you're done. Like, I'm like, no, the day's not done for me. Like when 5 PM hits with what I've been doing lately, it's like the day's just beginning. Yeah, Your day starts now. I, I, I'm done with the bullshit finally. Yep. That's going to pay rent this month. But now the day's just starting. That's a great and, feeling, man. It's it and it's, is. it's a grind, but like yeah, it's a do, great. Yeah, it sucks. the The morning after can really fucking blow sometimes. When I'm like, oh, I gotta go do that bullshit yep. now, you know. But you know, it's just knowing that 5 p.m. hits and then the day actually begins, and it's like that's what makes it worthwhile. But you have a thing to chase, yeah. You know, and I also, by the way, the people who are like <clears throat> comfortable in their own skin with doing that, and also then don't project it on me at all love them like that's yeah. great again like it goes back to the whole dude, thing at the end of the day i just i'm all about that yeah dude whether they're a friend and acquaintance or a random person i just want people to be happy so if that if you're happy with that man all the power to you if anything if anything i'll be jealous in a sense because i'll be like well you got it all figured out good for you because like I'm, I'm i'm still tinkering with the parts and pieces but yeah well we know. all always are i think that's a part of you always have to be self-aware of that you're never a finished product i really believe that even even old people like unless you're made in china <laughs> then you know that's pretty clear cut clear cut clear cut you're clear made in cut. you're made in china, china. the chinese want to make action figures of superman what the hell is going on that's really good man <laughs> said it a few times that's really good but like what a thing i'm always curious about with creatives like people who write people well you write you do comedy you also write for comedy you write you've written scripts and stuff like that like when you are funding it, you know, through working a job and things like that on the come up, you have a limited time, right? You just said your day starts at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. So when it starts, you're like, okay, well, maybe I can work till like one tonight. I got to be up at like 630. So I get five and a half hours of sleep. But I got that window right there. And that window includes maybe my 20 minutes to get home and walk the next 10 minutes to get myself settled behind the computer and then like rejigger my thoughts. Cause by the way, my brain's been on for 10 hours already yeah. today. So I'm, yeah. it's not like fresh. Maybe I got to make some coffee. There's another 15 minutes right there. And now I'm sitting down and doing it and it's scheduled creativity. Mm -hmm. Do you struggle with that? Because like, it's not like you can just be like, I think I'll walk around and smell the roses and smoke. Right. Like, girl, I'll write 10 pages today, but then realistically you only write one or two. No, yeah. dude, that's definitely how it goes. I mean, so I, the job I work, it's, it's sales. So I literally have to perform all day. Like I look at it as like, I act all day. Yeah. I'm selling garbage to people, you know, <laughs> like literally, it's literally like Wolf of Wall Street where we it's We won't like, say where you work. No, 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 <laughs> I won't. But it's, it's like, it's, you're selling garbage, you know, and you're selling people on the idea that this garbage is, <laughs> it's going to change your life. This is going to, this is going to be the single best way to enhance your company's image to all these people you're working with. And so it's B2B. All right. Yeah. I'm on my, I'm and, on my prowl now. And, um, I lost my thought, but it's like, yeah, dude, it gets hard. Cause there are days where I'm like, all right, ideally today I would like to lock down like the next sketch that we're going to work on with my buddy and you're just not on and you can't think of those ideas, mm -hmm. but maybe that's a better day to just read over my lines for like this project and just like get my lines down. So I think for me, 
I'll wake up with what I, I'll be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing today. And you know, a lot of the time it sticks to that, but there are the days where I'm like, nah, let me readjust. Like when 5 PM hits, I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do them. I'm not like, I'm going to go on stage right now and talk. I'm like, I, I, and it's not from a place of like being lazy because it's not like I just say, all right, day off. It's like, no, I'm not going to do an open mic or two today, but now I'm going to write. I'm going to work on my script, you know, for the film I'm writing or I'm going to stay disciplined with that. It's just, it's a matter of like, if I, when you're working on so many things too, and being multifaceted, it's just a matter of staying disciplined and showing up and doing the work. Mm. And there are some days where I'm like, oh man, I really don't want to like try and do comedy. Cause again, like I'm, you know, I'm still new to this. I'm still figuring this out. I don't want to do this, but then I'm like, all right, but dude, you know, you, you, you do got to do it. I do have to do it. And you got to go up there and bomb or eat shit. Or I have to go home with the intention of writing 10 pages and write three. That's just the game. That's just the part of the game. I have a lot of respect for that, man, because it's hard. You know, there's obviously a lot of creativity that goes into what I do, which this is the easiest part. This is where the creativity This is the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a joke doing get this. Get to sit back. All the behind the scenes shit and marketing it, making the clips and stuff like that, which is like an insane level. It's like if I – I already don't have enough hours in a day. Oh, But yeah. if I didn't have the space to be able to do that – and I still struggle with it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to be making shit today and I'm like I'm starting to make shit and I'm like that's not good. Yeah, you you're know? forcing it. Yes, you gotta have, and, and you're, and I could already tell you're the type of guy, like, and 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 that's why we would mesh well. Like, if we worked on something, it's like I will go psychotic over quality control, yeah. and that that also that's a blessing and a curse, it you is. know, because then you're like, well, I want to work today, and you're just doing, you're like working for three hours, and you're like, this is dog shit, and it's it's not dog shit, but as far as the standard that you're trying to set, it's dog shit, and now you just you wasted three hours. But you can't look at it like that. You can't. I do. That's that's a that's a weakness sometimes because I do look at it that way. I, you know, if it's like if it actually is. I mean, everything starts and kind of ends at dog shit for me. But mm-hmm. it's like, is it dog shit? Is it yeah. Like, oh, like, is it actual dog actual shit? Put this out. Yeah. You know, that's always tough because then you feel like you wasted time. Right. You know, but you still. One thing I find, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I'll find later. I never see it in the moment. Because mm-hmm. we're wired for negativity with this kind of thing. But like when I'm trying to put something together and it just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. And I'm spending the first four hours of the job on it where, you know, okay, maybe I don't end up going all the way, but I spent four hours trying to find this craft that make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh my God, I just wasted like all that energy in the day. But what ends up happening is it ends up being something there is figured out such that it wires itself into the next thing that I do find and then be like, oh, wait, okay, this one kind of works. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why there, That's why there's always a benefit, no matter what. Like, there's always something to gain, big or small, even out of the way, uh, even out of the things that you perceive as a waste of time. It's like, well, no, like you just said, now it kind of like gave a pathway to like connecting it to this thing that you're about to find. You're going to be like, oh, that's what it is. And it's like what they, it's like every... It's the corniest saying, and everyone says it, but things happen for a reason. It's like, oh, it was just supposed to be mapped out that way. You needed to make this dog shit for the last four hours because now it it opened up this little door to find that. I don't know where it comes from, man. Like the when when the when you have no ideas coming to you, and then suddenly like it just 
spits it out on the page if you're writing yeah, or yeah. on the screen if if you're putting together a video and you're like oh yeah that then that and then suddenly it's like yeah. it's like a lava flow you know what i mean that's a wild thing about humanity yeah man because it's like again none of this stuff can be forced you know like i think everything that's forced you you realize it's forced and maybe it works one time but it might not work the next I think you got you just got to go with the ebbs and flows. The one the one thing that does suck is that when you do have to do things you don't want to do in order to do these things. You know, I've had I've had so many moments at this job where it'll be 10:30 in the morning there and I'm like, you know, fully in the workday working and I get hit with like such a wave of like inspiration or like ideas. And for me personally, with what I'm doing, I, I, I do this. I just can't help. I take out my notebook and then I just stop working and start working on my personal stuff. But I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dip into work here and there just in case anyone's walking by. <laughs> but ideally, it's like, no, like, if, if this is here now, I'm sorry, but I have to take it. And, and if it means you guys have to fire me, well, then, you know, do what you got to do. Thank you for the opportunity. But like, these are the moments where it's like, no, I need to catch this because this ain't coming back. Like I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Like sometimes you have ideas and moments of inspiration that like it's never coming back. So you better fucking catch the fish, baby. Like record it. Yeah. Just something, something, even if you have to write a single sentence on a post-it. So when you look at it in 10 hours from now, you, you're right back, but it's like, you can't miss it. I am anal about that. Dude, so many, I like, I would look back and be like, dude, there were so many moments where I knew I was supposed to be writing that thing or two down and i didn't and they're just gone in the ether and i couldn't even give you an example because they're gone in the ether i have saved notes and stuff that sometimes all i need is a few code words other times i need to actually write down whatever yeah like spews of the thought but it's not like i even go back to all of them it's like i know they're there yes and like okay we captured that boom in the box like you you were a madman guy right yeah so you remember the episode where the it was from the earlier seasons, I forget the guy's name, but the one kind of like awkward fat guy yeah, yeah, yeah. thought of an idea and he was in there with what was Don what, Draper. No, no, what Lake was Lake with Don. But he was in there with Peggy on the couch. Yeah, and yeah. then he's like, I got it. I got it. Oh my god, that's the best thing ever. And then it cuts away and then the next cut that you see them, they wake up on the couch the next morning and he can't remember the idea. Because he didn't write it down. And I always looked at that and I went, oh, that could be like if you were going to write, like if Whitney Houston was going to write, I will always love you. And then just like fell asleep. Just fell asleep. Imagine. Yeah. Dude, that's why you can come in, you come into my bedroom and it's like I have notebooks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Buy me dinner first. Oh, no, no. You're coming in whether you like it or not. Okay. All right, Harvey Weinstein. Relax. Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. (laughs) Name's Jeff. Okay. No, but like you could walk into my bedroom any day of the week and you'll find I have notebooks from 2016, dude. I have Mm. notebooks from 2015. Just like you have to keep it. You have to capture it and you have to keep it and you have to safeguard it because it's like you never know whether you whether you capitalize on it this year or it's three years from now. But it's like I'm such a firm believer in that that I've tried to make that a fucking deathly habit of just I'm going to always record this stuff and it's not going anywhere and i'm not going to throw it away like you become a bit of a hoarder but it's for the it's for the greater good of creation and you know what you're doing yeah that's another thing like creatives are often like organized you might have said this word too but like 
organized chaos and that's really just a cute way of saying like completely disorganized because everything's everywhere it's like yeah you make something in that madness yeah you know i constantly have to clean shit up like once every six eight weeks because it just piles up everywhere i'm like oh for sure dude you know absolutely absolutely i just try i don't know i think i think the controlled chaos and just being disoriented benefits me a little bit um I know I know where the important things are, and I think that's all that matters to mm. me. Maybe that's not a good way to to uh, approach life, you know. But I'm like, it's over there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, I know these these notebooks or this is over. Like, I know that's over there. As far as everything else, you know, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah, but it does. It, it does. does. <laughs> like you, you do have to pull yourself back, and not some people they're able to just always live in that. But like, I find if I can't. If I can't get some things buttoned up, like there's always going to be something that's disorganized. But if I can't get some things buttoned up, it's like it's a disaster because then you feel you feel weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like when your room is a mess forever. Yeah. Right. After like six months, you're like, okay, this is this is nuts. You yeah. Can go, you can get away with it for a month, but like if you're not in there a lot, eventually it starts to affect like how you think about things. For sure. I, yeah, that's that's why I even see it as like there. You can only go so far with the whole idea too of a starving artist. Uh, artist, in mm. my opinion, you know, yeah. like I, like we said earlier, it's like there's a lot of great things that do come from adversity or that heartbreak or from that loss or whatever. But I also think that there are people who almost approach it, and it's like I have to just always suffer to make good things, and it's like mm. true, but not always, you know. I used to really buy into that heavily, but then I realized I'm like, no, like there were a lot of moments where like when I was organized and I was in a good headspace and I was working out consistently and I was eating right, like really good things came from that yeah, too. Absolutely. You, know? you can only you can only buy into that idea so much until you're just completely debilitated and depressed to where you can't produce anything. You got to let life happen. Yeah. Those are people who knowingly or unknowingly are trying to diagram life. And they're actually trying to diagram it negative because they think the negative, I'm going to live in the negative and it's going to force me to be great. You can't. Right. You have to just let it happen, which also, by the way, you know, it always includes, life includes things that are bad. Like they will yeah, happen. Yeah, that, but that's the waves. Like there's no such the thing as like permanent happiness. Happiness is temporary. So that means you're going to enjoy the happiness when it's there and then you're going to, you know, try and uh you know fix it when you're not feeling as happy you're going to try and find an approach that can get you back there but you have to deal with the the depression you got to deal with the low points you got to deal with the, the all the ebbs and flows of what everything that comes and that's just coming from me because i got it figured out you <laughs> i know? think you do have it figured out folks come on <laughs> come on you need advice you listen to me that's what you're here for man no. i brought joey defin for advice but speaking of advice like How'd this whole thing come together with you writing a play that you're going into a festival in Scotland? Like, fill me in here. Yeah, so so my me and my good buddy uh, Matt Ferrara, he's also actor, you know, writer, filmmaker. Um, and it all started because we wanted to. We both were like, we we got to start a podcast. We had been saying it for a few years because, like, we uh, I you know at least I personally, but I think him too had been toying with like oh trying stand up too because I I'd been writing bits for a couple of years and all sucked, but I was doing it. And so we're like, all right, if we're going to try and give that thing a shot, let's do it right. Let's consistently put out a podcast every weekend. 
which you know minus three weekends out of the last year right? 40 Almost a year yeah. yeah we've we've hit so you know we've stayed pretty true to that we have yeah. had our slips um so we're like let's put out a consistent podcast every week it's going to just be as simple as it gets just comedy satire just us fucking around and talking about everything and with that we're also going to start hitting the open mics we're going to start trying to give that thing a shot and then slowly as we're like in this community and we i've met so many great people i can't even begin to stress the amount of like awesome and just amazing people i've met doing stand-up comedy in new york city like who there's so many man I almost I'm almost scared to say names because if I forget like one or two I'm gonna drive home and then I'm gonna hit the you know the giant bridge that goes over the water I'm gonna it, it's okay we're two hours in so a lot of those people they stop listening yeah no I mean <laughs> dude like fuck just like all firsthand it's like you know Dan Carney Ryan O'Toole S B Riva Denera Caroline Haynes Derek Drescher you know fucking I could I could go wild do it Eli Haba Jake Tim I mean there's so many fucking people that I've met Carney's D- the guy who opened up for Tim Dillon yeah right? yeah, yeah he he's opened, funny yeah he's a funny fucking dude great dude Dean David I mean I could just fucking go all day long with these people that I've gotten to interact with and meet and Adam Christopher Malia Simon I'm like I can't stop but there's so many people dude that were awesome and just fucking fantastic individuals and creative people and funny motherfuckers and so i had only learned about the fringe festival through matt and he was like dude this festival is like really awesome you know you and you go and look it up it's a month long in edinburgh edinburgh scotland it started because back in it might have been the late 1800s i'm not 100 percent sure they had a big arts festival there and it was very exclusive for the elites and so they started this thing called the fringe festival where on the fringe of the city they would have a festival for anyone anyone could join anyone could perform in it is jeffrey epstein was he on the board he was on he he founded it actually yeah (laughs) he founded it yeah he um he founded it and you know they did a performance of uh that it was bohemian grove a performance yeah so they were like fucking in front of the owl yeah yeah but back then it was everyone was with it It they're like this is cool this is cool got it so yeah, but that that caught wind, and that actually became the festival that took over the city was the Fringe mm. Festival. So now it's a thing, you know. You you got to register, and you're in. And is it all plays? It's plays. It, it's theater, stand up, stand up comedy has taken the really? the front seat of it for like the last five years. Like it's probably the biggest stand up comedy festival in the world. But you're doing you know? the play there, right? We're doing a comedy play, right? So you know we have a theater space, and we you know we got the theater space. You know we promote it, and we're doing this play every day, six to seven p.m. How many days? Uh, August 5th to the 28th, so 23 days straight. 23 days of doing the play. Yeah, no break. We we didn't take any off days. But what made you... So th- this so, is like really but, cool. Yeah, so, we had, so he's telling me all about this, and I'm like, dude... And we're like, we should write a play. Matt had always Matt had always had this great running joke with friends, and it was just like, you know, like, oh, he fucked my wife. Like, you know, <laughs> did you fuck my wife? Like, just st- stupid. You're like, oh, you fucked my wife. Why'd you fuck my wife? And we were like, we... We took the idea of like Arthur Miller plays, Tennessee William plays, the 1950s Americana, yeah. you know, Streetcar Named Desire, Death of a Salesman. Classics. And we're like, what if we took that and it's about two ad men, you know, they're at the top of the chain in the admin world and they, they're they fucking each other's wives, but they're best friends and they don't know <laughs> and it gets revealed 
And so we wrote, Hey, that's my wife. And it, we took all of those kinds of plays and we turned them on their head. You know, what's one thing they did? They would always, they wouldn't be very direct with sex or with violence or drug use. We're mm. very, we're direct. Everything is like, you're fucking my wife? No, I'm not fucking <laughs> your wife. And so we wrote this show, two ad men, Charlie Moore and, um, you know, Roger Sloan. They're at the top of the game and they're in the ad world and they're working under the boss, Willie the Pint Shanahan, who's just the titan <laughs> of the industry. What, what Played years? by Ryan O'Toole. What years is it taking this place? This is in the fifties, New York City, Manhattan. Classy. So you know we're, ta- we're talking like I want, I want, I want to get the numbers all the way up, and we're going to bring it down. Wow. Because if you're going to be fucking my wife, we're going to make sure we're doing it right. All right. Wow, you got it's, it down. The Gilded Age accent. Yeah, like that Mid Atlantic type fucking shit. Fucking James Cagney era. Yeah. So we're doing that. And, you know, two ad men fucking each other's wives, the big reveal, you've been fucking my wife, I've been fucking your wife, and revealed that the boss has been fucking our wives, and our wives have been oh, fucking each other. Oh, the pint has been fucking the wife. The pint's been fucking them, our wives have been <laughs> fucking each other, because we're all veterans, too. Like, we were, we fought in World War II. Oh, thank you for your service. Oh, my pleasure. Where where, where were you, Normandy? I was, uh, well, this is a spoiler. You know, my character always talks about how he took down so many Japanese. Oh, you were in Okinawa. He never made it to Japan. My character twisted his knee at base camp, but he just makes oh, up. Oh, he's Matt's, got the fake cover story. My character is like the brash, tough guy who's really a pussy. Matt's character is the pussy, sensitive guy who's actually the really tough one. So he was in Berlin. He was he was there fighting while I was making casserole at the base. You oh, know? wow. And so... How long did this take to write? We wrote a first draft like three or four weeks in January. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that, think, that's recently too. Yeah, you think that's nuts, dude. I wrote the first draft to my feature film. I wrote that in 18 days. I've, I've heard Fucking, shit like that. You just get on his own, right? It was, that, was, that was one of the best times ever. And it was during the first August of the pandemic. So it was just the first two weeks of August. I was just hammering it nine hours, 10 hours a day. You took that one away? Oh my God. That fucking felt great. Did you tuck it away, I assume? No, I'm on the sixth draft of it now. Since no, but then. like, all right, but you're not shopping it around yet. Not yet, because I want to. Yeah, I'm on the last draft. This sixth draft is going to be it, and then we're shopping it around. All right, all right, we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come but back with, to that. But with this so, one, three four weeks. So in three January. four weeks, we wrote the first draft, and like we were looking at it, and we're like, dude, our boss is like the quintessential. He's an Irishman, like you know, like a fucking dude. What do you fucking do? You gonna <laughs> you want to fucking make it in this fucking business? You want to be a fucking producer? <laughs> you know. And we had our buddy, Ryan O'Toole. He's, you know, he's from Southie Boston. He's a fucking killer of a comic. You know, he's in New York City on his grind day in, day out. And we're like, that's our man. And then, for the pint. For the pint. How and many then, total characters are there? Five. Me, Matt, our wives, and the pint. That's it. And no then, secretary. And then we had two female comedians, uh, Espy Riva Danera and Caroline Haynes, who are just two other killers in their respects and they just fucking are workhorses and like as we were writing this thing it was almost like we didn't write it thinking of all these people in mind you know but as we're writing it we're like dude O'Toole he's the guy who's like shut up I'll tell you a real fucking war story about the real (laughs) war the great war you know and then like Espy is she's she's a tough bitch like she doesn't take no shit like she, she like, she like stands up for herself. She's tiny, she's tiny, you know? Mm. So it's like, we're like, all right, she's, she's the wife who takes no shit. She slaps Matt around. Except that guy's dick. 
Yeah. Right. And then Caroline, it's like she's she's going to play like the bell and she's like, you know, everything's all perfect. But no, she's stepping out and fucking my best friend. So as we were writing this thing, it all came together of who was going to be involved. And it just it fell together so perfectly. And so then it was just like, well, we're bringing this thing to Scotland. And, you know, the best part about comedians is the ones that are all in on comedy you know, they don't got much going on other than stand-up comedy. Mm. So we're like, hey, do you want to go to Scotland for a month and really, like, let's do this thing? And it was just guesses across the board, you know? People, everyone's saving up their money, take care of their airfare, their housing, and we're we're going to do the thing. So wow, we're previewing it next Saturday at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club in New York City. No shit. We're going to be doing our first preview of it, the full play. And how long? It's like an hour? An hour, exact, yeah. Because, like, it, it, well, it's really like 55 ish minutes, but I just taking into account the time between scenes of moving stuff. This sounds, I, I'm <clears throat> going to be honest. Usually, like, when people pitch some sort of story, I'm like, okay, yeah, that kind of works. That, I see that movie already. Oh, my God. Dude. I see that. Like, that is. For sure. That's a slam dunk. For sure. You, got, it, you got the period piece, too. Yeah, yep. they can make it today as well, but yeah. if they wanted to. But, but like, you're playing on all those ideas because, like, in a streetcar named Desire. It's all, it's alluding to like, oh, yeah. infidelity or this and that. Like, it's alluding. It's, uh, but like, whereas ours is like, bam, you're fucking my wife. You know, you're, you're hitting everything direct. So you're taking that whole style of storytelling and turning it on its head. And yeah, man. And, and, and taking it in a setting, making it a live performance, comedians like these, all of the comics that are in this, you know, I, it's funny because like I've been doing it for fucking 10 months. So I, sometimes I can't even fix myself to be like, I'm a comic, I'm a comedian, but I am, I'm doing it. You but, are. But I see these people, like these are people who have put their time in, they have paid their rent and it's like the experience the last couple of months of rehearsing it and seeing everyone grow into their roles has just been fucking so special. So... That's awesome to say, but I'm also going to give you credit too because you have been writing and filmmaking and in the creative process for years. Right. That that was my edge. Right. That was my edge. So even if you weren't you and you always definitely had a level of comedy to you. Even if you weren't like I'm also now a stand-up comic and I'm going to write to be a stand-up comic, you were in a lot of ways training the muscles to be able to do that. For sure. You know? For sure. I started making sketches in fifth grade. Like that was my, I have stuff on YouTube of me as a fifth grader and I don't tell anyone to use it, <laughs> but it's there. You got to take that down. I, I can't, I don't know how to get into the account. Oh, I figured five. that out the day before I launched the podcast. I went and I found it. Oh, well it's gone. <laughs> thankfully it's nothing. It's nothing about, you know, uh, endorsing this new millionaire Jeffrey Epstein or anything of that sort. It's just like funny sketches. Thank God. So it won't get me canceled, but yeah, man. So we're fucking, we're going to do that. We're doing the preview this upcoming Saturday at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club. We're going to fucking do that. We're going to do a preview in New Jersey in the middle of July. And then July 31st, we're outie. And we do it the whole month in Edinburgh, Scotland. You guys all get an Airbnb together? Even better. We got a six bedroom, six bathroom mm. dorm. A dorm? Ten minutes. A dorm? Like yeah, a college like dorm? Queen's College in <laughs> Scotland. Come on. Yeah. Because, dude, no one's there in the summer. It was cheap as shit. They're Airbnb in college dorms now. Because For this festival. This festival is a big deal out there. How many people go to this damn thing? It's the second biggest ticketed event next to the World Cup. Over There's going to be over 3,500 shows in 23 days. Holy 
fuck? Yeah. It's a big... At the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh, Scotland. The yeah, whole city. whatever. The that. whole city just fucking transforms. And so it's going to be cool, man. You know what, though? It's going to be cool. You get to see... I'm so excited for you, number one. Cause Thank you. That sounds... The story sounds amazing. And the fact that it's got a comedy edge to it, pulling off... Not I'm not a theater guy. Like I'm the last dude you should be listening to on that. Yeah, but no, pulling yeah. off live comedy where it's in script format. Yeah. You know, like I look at as an example some of those like the sitcoms with the live audience and stuff. Now they have applause signs, you're not gonna have that. Or right. the laugh signs. But that's hard to be funny. Right. And that's literally how we're taking it. Is that's exactly what it is. We're it's it's like you're gonna go and watch a fifty five minute long SNL sketch when SNL was good. Or you're gonna watch a, like a 55 minute episode of Seinfeld. It's just like that's that's exactly how we wanted to approach it. How does it feel though? Like you made something. You yeah. did something. The few people that walk on this earth do. You created a full script of something, and more importantly, you developed it, and yeah. it's actually happening. And you're gonna you're gonna be in it too. So that's that's a benefit. But like, For sure. you finished it. It's gonna be put out there to the world. If it sucks, people will tell you. But if it's good, people will tell you. And either way, you're gonna be able to say, "All right, step one, we fucking did it." Like, mm-hmm. what what does that feel like? It's um, it's really rewarding, man. I mean, that's that's the whole point of doing everything. I've always it's it's been instilled in me as a kid that you don't quit. My parents, if I wanted if I started playing a sport and I wanted to quit it, they'd be like, "Well, too bad, bud. <laughs> you got practice at five o'clock." You know, there was one time in my life, the only time my parents ever let me quit anything was in seventh grade. I had decided I didn't want to play football anymore, or no, sixth grade. You look like a second round draft pick, man. What are you doing? Well, you gave it I, up? I went back. No, no, no. I, I went back. back. But sixth grade, <laughs> sixth grade, I started doing theater and I was like, fuck. I'm like, I really like this acting shit. I really like it. Yeah. You can laugh. <laughs> no, they, I'm just picturing your me, dad. <laughs> they casted me as Kanicki in Grease and I was going to sing Grease Lightning. And I was like, dude, I fucking love this shit because I was always the personality. And I told my parents, I'm like, I really want to quit football. I want, I want to really bad. Acting. I want to keep doing this acting stuff. I mean, I fucked up. It was seventh grade, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Greece. They had saw me do Greece the year before, so they had seen. They had seen something. They're like, "Oh shit, he's not just like, he's not just like jerking around. Like he actually enjoys this, and he was and he was funny. He was good at it." And so in seventh grade, I'm like, "I don't want to do football and the theater. It's too much, and I just don't care to play football." And my parents were like, "All right." Like, they actually let me do it. Oh, that's awesome. They actually let me quit football. Me and my head, you know what, I, I, I've never met your dad in my life, oh, but dude. I'm picturing the stereotypical North wait, Jersey wait, wait, Italian wait, wait, dad. Wait, wait, what the fuck are you going to do with You want to play football? <laughs> you want to be an actor? You want to go be a fairy dancer? Yeah, like, what, what, are you, the what are you doing? <laughs> but then in eighth grade, I went back. I played football, too. All right, so you got the best they, of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. That, but, that works. And then played it throughout high school, and then I didn't do theater throughout high school. I, like, switched. And so that was something where you finish high school and it's like, fuck, I, I should have been doing that shit. Funny how that works. Yeah. And then I go to Monmouth for a year, party my face off, business major, film minor. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Wall Street and movies, baby. That's and it. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And then, you know, you go to, and then that was it. I went to New York. But when I graduated college, I had, I had met two filmmakers while I was in college and they had made their first feature film. They got it onto Amazon Prime. They didn't get some crazy deal, but they got it. And so I, they had taken a liking to me. I became very good friends with them. And they're some of my best friends to this day, Mike Perone and Jeff Mikowski. And 
When I graduated college, they gave me an opportunity. They wanted me to direct a behind-the-scenes documentary on their feature film they were about to make. Mm. And so I started doing that. It was, you know, starring Matthew Lawrence. You know, he was trying to make his big, you know, a return and really do a big role, and they got him. And I was doing that, and, you know, the film had its issues. It got shut down after 25 days by the union, whole thing and then finishing it over the pandemic. And so I got to experience that secondhand in some, on someone else's project because then they actually, they ultimately brought me on to the real camera crew, the principal crew, brought me on to help produce like as an assistant. And so I got to experience that through them and I was like, fuck, that, that is amazing. Like what a, after all this time doing it through the pandemic, we were shooting guerrilla style in New York when it was shut down. And so then I'm like, well, you know, I've always been the self-starter. I've always made my own things. And I was like, it's time to really cash this shit in and do it big. And so then I wrote that movie and I got to finish, I got to finish that script and I finished it after, you know, 18 days. And I'm like, holy, this is locked in the apartment, locked in, in, zoned in, did that. Did you forget to eat? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was just a good feeling. Dude, it was just, yeah, it was fucking incredible. And it was the greatest feeling because we did we did that group of people. We did like a seven person writing retreat in Vermont the the last week of me finishing it. And so I got to the last three you days changed environments and went somewhere else to finish it. The last three days. Wow. I was in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and it was just the best. Cause I finished that movie and, you know, I was around friends, filmmakers, you know, collaborators. And I got, you know, they were so good to me in the sense of like, everyone was there for me and they're like you just fucking did like people don't and not everyone gets to do this and we got to sit there and i got to hear it out loud we read it and oh you read it all of us yeah together you know and what they think yeah it was it was like a powerful moment they're like dude you got you got it you got something here. how many pages was it the first draft was like 98 pages what's it at now now this the fifth draft we brought it down to like 84 so you're it was lo- it was the fourth draft was 111 what what's the what's the genre of the movie? Rom com? A thriller. Thriller. Thriller drama, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And what's the concept? Uh it's about a writer going back to the Jersey Shore in the dead of winter to recount this summer years ago when he met this prolific Jersey type of guy and they had a summer to remember that ended in a very bad tragedy. And it's something he's pushed out of his mind for a long time, and he's coming back to come to grips with it as he writes about it. As he writes about it. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, Secret secret Window meets The Shining meets the backdrop of the Jersey Shore in the winter. A ghost town. Seaside Heights in the winter. Are you reading my mind? You took that. That's, wow. That's exactly. So I guess you got the intended effect because I was like, yeah, I'm thinking of the Depp movie where he's writing in the yep. window and then I'm thinking of fucking, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's just like all those moments that I got to get a little taste and it's like, it's not even a big deal. You finish a script. It's not like you sold it. It's not like you made it. It's not like, but you, you finish. I got, it. I got those tastes and it's just, that's been a driving factor ever since. And it's just like it's fu- it's drugs, dude. It's drugs. How, now it was eighteen days, so it was fast. And that whole thing of changing the I didn't write the second draft until for five more months after that. That's by the way, good. Put yeah, it down. That's yeah. what happened. But like, 
you changed environments, which is crazy to me. Like when I get in a zone, yeah, don't fucking walk through that door. Yeah. Don't move me. Yeah. I don't care if I haven't eaten in a day. Like yeah. if I'm in that kind of zone, just let it fucking happen. I was in I was in the smallest bedroom of that six bedroom house. I was paying eight hundred bucks a month for it. I was in there. That's so like imagine my setting. It was like me in a tiny bedroom writing, literally I love like it. this character. But, but you felt cramped. I felt cramped, and huh. you know. I love I love nature. I'm I'm into that. So I'm like, fuck, dude. We're all about to go up there and have our little escape and fucking little tree hugger escape. Yeah, dude. Like, there's something I there is something I fucking love about going to the middle of nowhere and making things. I get it makes sense why Kanye lives in Wyoming. You yeah. know, it like all that. It all makes sense because it's like, yeah, man, you can do it in the city, but there's also there's like there's like a spiritual thing yeah. where you're you, it's like you're almost connecting to some sort of higher power where you can sit in a place and you look out and you see like virtually nothing to no, then make true, to man. then make everything. It's true. I do like I believe in going for walks. Yeah. To inspire creativity heavily. Obviously like I work out every day. And yeah. So that's that's big for me. Is I didn't for a while I couldn't do that. So I had a health problem that turned out to be cool, like mm -hmm. totally good. Mm -hmm. And once it was figured out. And so I can't, for now, I can't work out at all the way I want to. But like I had gotten to it, like I'm a zero or a hundred guy, you mm -hmm. know? So I had gotten to a point where for seven, eight straight years, I worked out six to seven days a week, mm -hmm. lift. And then I did a lot of cardio too. And so because I couldn't do it at a hundred percent, I just real without thinking about it, I stopped doing it. And then I finally figured out, like, wait, this is a negative thing on my life. I also looked horrible and whatever. So I was like, okay. And I just do it every day, no matter what. Yeah. And that clears my head. But between that and, like, getting in there and, like, getting in touch, like, when, when you start to actually sweat a little bit, like, oh, yeah, that'll work. Or, like, you're doing the rep, and you're like, oh, yeah, wow, what about that, too? But then even something as simple as, like, taking the dog for a walk, especially back here in basically Alabama. Yeah. You're just kind of chilling and then you start to pick up the pace a little bit maybe put some music in and suddenly it comes to you it's i i definitely agree with you even if you're someone who's more of a city guy like you or like me yeah there's an appreciation you can have for that if you're in the city take a walk and if you're in yeah. the middle of nowhere sit and listen to silence you know i find the shower i love taking showers <laughs> I swear by it because, and you know what? I was talking about it on my podcast with my buddy, Matt, because he still lives in, he's still in North Jersey. He's in the burbs still. So his is like driving. I'm like, well, I can't drive. So my thing is like, I like taking a shower. It's mm. like, I can finally think. And then walking like yesterday, yesterday we, we ran through this play three times. So we did the full play three times. We did a big rehearsal yesterday after the rehearsal, went to the Grizzly Pair, started mapping out how the show is going to be put on next week because we're not going to do it on a tiny little stage for a comedian. Yeah. But then after that, I was so fucking dead. But after that, I'm like, dude, i am just been going on fumes for the last three months. I'm like, I just want to do nothing more than just I want to roll a joint. I want to go. T I want to walk like four miles and I just want to like put on music and just be in my head mm. and dude it was fucking amazing like yeah after all of that yesterday i rolled a little duber and i walked from like west third street to almost like 40th and but Love like that. but like i would go up and then go over two avenues then go up some more go back an avenue and i just was literally i was just literally walking and listening and it, and it felt so good and I had a few good ideas that I put down, but it's just like stuff like that. You you need it. I think you need it. 
People don't use that as a tool in New York, and I don't understand no. why. Well, because it's, it's like you said, you're a zero to 100 guy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty much the same way. It's like, yeah, you think that it's like you need to be like the da 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 pounding the pavement, pounding the pavement. But it's like, it's very important that you get that time, whether it's taking a personal day or it's like just taking two hours of every day to disconnect or do this or that or just to work out. But you need to have that stuff. Because if not, that's another way to drive yourself into the frenzy we talked about. If you're just always on all the time and you don't even take 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like small. It's going to hinder. It's going to hinder the work. And that's what I say to people like when they're, when they're like, dude, you're really like, you need balance. I'm like, well, I do have it in my own little way. I take time to myself yeah. every day to work on my health and whatever. But again, like what, like we were already saying earlier, don't need to relitigate. But like this is the time where, yeah, I do have to do everything. And so I work. Absolutely. All the time. But within that, your point being like finding the places to be able to reset your center to get that to get the juices flowing. It's critical, man. And I, I've definitely seen a difference. I've seen a difference in my mentality. I think I'm like 70 days into working out every day again. Yeah. I said we're going to start at 56 because that's double 28. Yeah. Because right? 28 is where you form a habit. Form I'm a like, habit. well, let's double that fucker up. And I knew. I know myself. I'm like, when I get to 56, I'll say we're going to 100. When I yeah. go to 100, I'll say 200. I've, I've done it hungover a couple times because I've had to go somewhere and like we drank. And the next day, still fucking did it. Because you show up. there's something, yeah, you show up and it ends up being therapeutic for you. And, and like it will affect how you look at like how you take the L's mm-hmm. and handle W's. Like I was at a point where I couldn't even see W's and then the L's, I'd just be like, fuck man yeah you know people don't see that behind the scene but i'm like that's because there's you know you had eight years of letting a beast run every day yeah. right and now you took that away well what the fuck do you think is going to happen yeah. you need to let it run if it, if it can only jog let it jog you yeah know? and you need to readjust and think about how you're looking at the w's and the l's and yes. some you'll start to realize that one your first w of the day is waking up and hitting whatever your routine is that's a w huge w. you know you said you were gonna make breakfast get this and that done you did it that's three w's you just stacked up right there so true man so easy to just be like oh well i woke up and brushed my teeth got ready had breakfast and got organized like that's what i'm supposed to do but it's like no but that's a w yeah you go on with the rest of the day being like you already stocked one up before 9 a.m because you did all that shit you know when you start piecing it down like that it is so true man it, it is. seems small but it is those small things add up if a great person for you to check out, Wes Watson. He Wes, was I don't know he was locked up in like California State Penitentiary for a decade, and this motherfucker is just he is he outworks every he's up two fifteen every day. Mm. He is a bad motherfucker, like a Goggins type. But yeah, he's he's a go, he's a Goggins type, but he's like the street Goggins. Like he was like gang member. Mm. Like straight, like Cali, you know, like that Cali, that Cali penitentiary life was some crazy shit too. And he's just, but it's all gems, bro. You gotta, you stack those W's up with everything you do. And then also being mindful of like when you need your time. Like you said, like you got, like I, I know with me, if like, if I go, if I really go too hard enough, I know the day does come and I'm going to get like, I'm going to get sick. I'll get my, I'll get that cold. I get every now and then or something. So it's like, I need, I know that like, I always need to have that time, whether it's like after 15 days straight of going at it, or if I know that this week's going to be light, it's like, good, take one of those days, take a, take a good couple hours to just really, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. You seem to have a really good, really good perspective on that. 
And I, I always like listening to people see how they handle it. And I actually love, for example, that's why I'm gonna check that guy out. But like, I love talking to guys who have done great things after prison life and previous life ended. Yeah, and their perspective on the smallest stuff, smallest little stuff. freedoms. Like it's, I could listen to my friend Big Dan Thayer, who I had on here, talk about that all day because. He wasn't in touch with it. He got put in the system when he was like 15, like seven years for yeah. for something that was fucked up that like he defended himself kind of deal. But like, you know, then he goes in this crazy life of crime and drugs and drugs and crime and crime and drugs. And it took his what ended up being his last little bit in prison for him to finally realize when he would look out the window, just the little window right there and see like a bird. Mm. He'd be like, oh, wow, that's freedom. Yeah. And then- Boom. Yeah, like man. He turned that light. He turned that switch himself. I could listen to that all day because you're in a situation there where every odd was stacked against him and he found a way. And he did it by recognizing the smallest little wins like a bird representing freedom. It's a beautiful yeah, man. thing. That's facts. There, 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 is, there is beauty in every single thing. And the, the world is – this is one of the things he says that I really like. I'm going to butcher it a little bit. But it's like the world isn't the way it is. It's the way you are. That's I love that shit because it's true. The way the way you're seeing the world, that's how it is. Yeah. So you better try and look at it with the best perspective that you can, or at least try and be as positive as you can. Yeah, you've seen the meme of like the cartoon of the person on the bus and they're looking out each of the yeah. Windows. Oh, dude, yeah. that's but it's it, it's it's so corny and like funny because you. True. But it's it's facts. It's true. It's facts. Well, that's listen, dude. I I think. You're young. You're doing the harder parts of of creativity, whether it's like anything from like making yourself into a comedian now to also you wrote a play that you're starring in. You you wrote a movie script that you have in the bank. It's done. No one can ever take that from you. Yeah, I love hearing about that stuff because you've already taken the actions. Like I don't know if you recognize that, but like you're you're the line started a long time ago and like you're yeah. down it and you obviously have a fuck ton of talent. That's why I wanted to bring you in here. I appreciate how you think and everything, but like, thank you. Man. You're going to get there with the mentality you have right now. If you don't lose that, you know, maybe that first, maybe that first screenplay is the one that goes, maybe it's the maybe one it's right not, after that. Yeah. But like you already got one in yeah. the books. Maybe it's enough to just put me on the, just put me in the conversation that's with it? someone. Yeah, dude. That's what it's all about, man. That's it. That's what it's all about, and you're doing it with this too. I'm trying that's the to fucking. That's what it's all about, baby. Got to fucking do a damn thing and make it yours. You talk about like that legacy thing. If you build something, no one can take it from you. you it's there. I mean? It's there that's forever. It. You that's live. It. You live forever. Each of us gets to live forever because of that, and that's fucking. That's special. No shit, man. Some people are gone, and they are gone for good. Can only worry about yourself, though. You know, in that way. Yes, you sir. Can, you can help people, but you got to help yourself first to be able to do that. So once again, where's that play playing? It's going to be Saturday, June 11th at the Grizzly Pear Comedy Club in New York City, 4 p.m. Tickets are available on my Instagram at Joey Deef. And you could also see it July 15th at the YMCA in Wayne, New Jersey. The YMCA. 8 p.m. Yeah, in their theater. That's... 400 seater. We're packing that no shit. bitch out, people. Not YMCA's are doing well these days. Fuck. Yeah, you know. And then where's the where's the the festival again? Edinburgh? Edinburgh, Scotland. So we'll be in Edinburgh, Scotland at the Fringe Festival at the Hill Street Theater. 
August 5th to the 28th. So, you know. Beautiful. If you're out there, fucks. All right, make sure I put a link to that on there so people for sure. can see that. For sure. But that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm Thank happy you. for you. Thank you. I appreciate thanks you. For, thanks for coming down here. Dude, thanks for having me. Like I told you, it was nice to have a, a two-hour drive of just like, it was It was like the shower or the walk, That's you know? It. I was just like banging some music and I'm like, nice. Reset. We're cruising. It's going to be, it's going to be, might be a long one home with uh, our shore folk coming home today. It might be. You'll you'll hit a little traffic at 7A, but, but we, you'll be all we, right after We that. do it for the love of the game, son. That's it. That's it. I'm well, glad to have been here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure man. to finally meet you in person. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like a shitty date. I was like a shitty date. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna be down. We could go get drinks on Tuesday. And then oh it's like, yeah, and then it ends up four yeah, months later. Tuesday doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. But no, we made it happen, man. Seriously, thank you for fucking having well, me. Well, John Rondy's comedian guy lives on in my phone. Yeah, we'll, Rondy, the fucking. We'll the, keep it that way. He makes it happen. He does make it happen, man. That kid kills it. Hell yeah, I man. I love that guy. Great dude. I love him too. But we'll do it again, all right, brother? Absolutely, man. And good luck with the play. Thanks, brother. Everybody else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace. Peace. Peace.